When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Talk Radio 77 WABC. WABC New York and 1071 WLIRFM Hampton Bays. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. And the president arrives in New York City for the U.N. General Assembly meeting this week. President Biden left the White House and is flying on Air Force One. He's expected to meet with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu during the assembly. The president will address world leaders on Tuesday. The city's Department of Transportation has already issued a gridlock alert with extensive street closures through Friday. Well, a visit by Congress members cut short by protests at the Roosevelt Hotel. Remarks were interrupted by shouts as tensions run high over the migrant crisis here in New York City. AOC, we see you! Protesters shouting. Trying to drown out the more than a dozen House Democrats gathered outside the Roosevelt Hotel, which was turned into a migrant intake center. Congressional representatives from New York, New Jersey, Texas, and Illinois were all taking a tour of the center and were there to weigh in on the migrant crisis. Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez outlined three items they all agree on that could help with the migrant crisis. One, increase federal funding. Two, sped up work authorization. And three. And the third is extension of temporary protected status for Venezuelans who are the largest population that are arriving here. So when you go to Dallas on Sunday and they stick it up your ass like 28-3, then what are you going to say on Monday morning? Well, we'll see. Let's see it happen. Well, if it happens, then what? Well, but if it happens in Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson goes by with the seconds, goddammit. Then what are you going to say? It's going to happen. Write it down now. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. game on Sunday against Dallas, call me again, and we'll talk about how they stuck it up our ass, all right? Make sure you do that. Done. Jones throws. End zone shot. It's caught by Hodgins for the touchdown. They're an extra point away. Jamie Gillen. Good hold. And the kick is through. The Giants have come all the way back for their first lead of the season. Dobbs lining it up. Launching away. It is knocked down. And the New York Giants put together one of their biggest comebacks in 99 years of Giants football. From down 21. By the way, Sid, what a weasel. What a weasel, Sid. Sid knows who he is.
Benatar. Hit <laughs> me with your best shot. As we close out that great open put together once again by producer extraordinaire Justin Ellick, we close it out with something the average one, I call him. A lot of you folks think he's the great one because you're stupid. You're just stupid. Some old ball guy who spews conservative thoughts, and he's a very, very smart man. Don't get me, don't get me wrong. A very smart man. Writes good books. But um, he's about as exciting as a fart in a windstorm. And this uh, Levin, uh, on his own national show months ago, called me a weasel, said, you know what you are. I said, whatever that means. I don't know what that means, but that's okay. Because he got mad at me. So I woke up on uh, Saturday morning, thank God. Like I woke up this morning, thank God. And there's a group called Barrett Media. Noam Layden is our news director. Jason Barrett is the guy that started this. And it is my contention that everybody in this business, radio hosts, program directors, managers, everybody reads the Barrett Media stuff. Is that fair to say? No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a daily thing. So you get it emailed to you. And, yeah, I always right. look through it. It's a big deal. So, uh, so they, they for some reason, they monitor this show. And. I'm probably in Barrett Media, I would say, about five or six times a month. That's true, yeah. Right? You've seen that. A lot, yeah. So Saturday morning, I wake up to a new story in Barrett Media where uh, Brian Kilmeade was on this show Friday, and he was talking about how they moved his television show Saturday nights on Fox News because of Mark Levin. And then I offered up what I think about Levin. So long story short, Barrett Media wrote a whole story on Saturday morning and it was entitled, Sid Rosenberg, I'm in a silly feud with Mark Levin. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what happens is, um, you know, I put these articles on Instagram. Follow me today, at Rosenberg.Sydney, at Rosenberg.Sydney, on Facebook, Sid Rosenberg. And you get these, uh, you know, these real tough conservatives. And they go on and on about, oh, Levin is smarter than you. Okay, great, he's smarter than me. So what? doesn't make you a better radio host. I work with guys who are smarter than me. They weren't better radio hosts. (laughs) He's smarter. So what? Great. Fantastic. Then they go on, well, you're on the same team. Yeah. But these same people have no problem, no problem when Donald Trump, when Donald Trump eviscerates Ron DeSantis, they're on the same team, no? I mean, last I checked, right? What it comes down to is it's nonsense. Some of you pray to the altar of some of these conservative guys. It's embarrassing, whether it's Levin or Sean Hannity. or who, I don't even know who these guys are anymore. I mean, Rush, I kind of understood, but he's dead. I don't believe anybody out there really deserves the reverence. I mean, do you know anybody out there right now that the, he's fine, Levin's good. He's got a Fox News show. He's on this station, writes books. He's probably one of the best. No, he is, actually. He's absolutely one of the best. But does he deserve the love and reverence some of these people give him? There was a time when he was all the talk. And if you're asking me, I would say he's not the talk anymore. No. Yeah. Yeah. So when he comes out unprovoked and calls me a weasel because I comply with my owner, who has him on this station, we can get rid of Levin tomorrow. I got news from Mark Levin and all you people out there on my Instagram that love him so much. His ratings aren't all that good. In fact, they suck. I double Mark Levin's ratings all the time. So if I, if I want to bat bitch slap Mark Levin, I can do it. I don't care how smart you think he is. When he gets my ratings, he can talk. 
I don't care how many TV shows he does, how many millions he makes, kicks my ass in every one of those categories. But the only category that WBC cares about is the ratings here. Levin is relatively paltry, and I'm the king. So when you unprovoke go on a national show and call me a weasel, but I did nothing wrong, I'm not going to back down because some of you idiots out there love Mark Levin. So here was the uh, exchange between me and Kilmeade on Friday that led to the Barrett Media column. Go ahead, Lou. I said I have a correction. Yeah. It's uh, the show's now going on at nine o'clock. They're going to move Mark Levin at eight, so I get to follow Mark Levin. So, so it's going to be great. It's moving... still it's still a lot of WABC talent. So Levin is now moving from Sundays to Saturdays. Both. He's doing both. Oh, he's doing both. Yeah. I mean, he's a monster on the weekend. I mean, he's monster. Period. Uh, but he has been doing so well. They said, Brian, why don't you move to nine? Yeah. Uh, have a yeah. have Mark Levin at eight. Right. So it'll be great. You should have said no. Why? Because your ratings are good, and who cares what Mark Levin does? I would have said no. Yeah, but nine, but nine o'clock is a great is a great slot. It's better than eight o'clock. Yeah, Dan Bongino had it for a while. He was doing fantastic. Okay, good. All right, I just want to make sure they. they listen, I, Mark Levin, I think is overrated. Uh, they need to take care of you. You're the guy that's uh, doing Fox and Friends. You're doing the show on the weekend. So if you're happy at nine o'clock, I'm happy at nine o'clock. Okay. Yeah, Mark Levin. Mark Levin is the, one of the coolest guys. He's fine. As are you. He's fine. Him and I have been, have been in a fight for a long time here. So you really? know about this? No. Oh, yeah. So he was um, really pissed off because a couple of months ago, I know Andrew Cuomo's in the news today. He's out there. Maybe he's going to run for president, maybe governor, senator. Who knows? But long story short, he uh, he was on the station a couple of months ago. And John Katsimatidis, who we love dearly, decided to take an hour from Mark Levin and give it to Andrew Cuomo. And uh, Levin went on the air on his national show that night and just blistered John Katsimatidis and me because when John was on my show promoting it, I didn't defend Mark Levin and say, John, you shouldn't do it. And he actually called me skeevy or, or uh, I don't know, he, he used a, an adjective that was really not very nice for no reason. All I did was comply with what my owner wanted to do at my station, so I've lost a lot of respect for Mark Levin. It wasn't skeevy, it was a weasel. He called me a weasel. It was a noun, not an adjective. But uh, nevertheless, Mark Levin can blow me. I don't care. I'm not all that impressed. Sorry. You guys want to argue with me at some point, or... I don't even know what the hell's going on. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to be quite honest. I have yeah. no idea what the fight is. I don't know what well, the fight is Well, he got mad. He got about. mad because we put in, and, I, and no one despises Andrew Cuomo more than me, not even Curtis. I mean, I hate the guy. Legitimately hate him. Right, okay. But if John Katsimatidis decides he's putting him on because Levin doesn't get great ratings, sorry, Mark. And Katsimatidis thought that Andrew would get better ratings, and he may have. I don't even know. It doesn't matter. That's John's choice. So am I going to start yelling and screaming at John? I don't do that. There's a bunch of folks on this station that if it was up to me, they wouldn't be on. You guys know that. (laughs) You know one in particular. But that's not my job. My job is to come in every morning and do the best show I can do, and damn it, we do it. That's up to John. And John is good to me. He's my owner. I love him. Love him. So, you know, Mark Levin to come after me and say what he, oh, Sid, you're a weasel. You know who you are. What does that even mean? A good question. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that was the fight, and it made Barrett Media on Saturday. 
And I know that it made some of management here very happy because they can't stand Mark Levin. That's the bottom line. So I come in this morning, and usually we get off 42nd Street on the FDR, you know. But we had to get off 34th Street because this is UN Week in New York City. And I can't think of a bigger waste of time to go out of our way. I say this every year. I know I do. And so did Bernard, God rest his soul. I can't think of a bigger waste of time to cater to these degenerates, these lowlives who work at the United Nations, who come to our city and eat our food, stay in our hotels, bang our hookers, whatever they do. We bend over backwards. Then the idiot president comes to town. He's going to talk to Bibi Netanyahu, my guy from Israel. I think that's tomorrow. What is, uh, you have a schedule known for this UN week. This whole week is going to be a disaster here in New York City. And it's raining. So you have rain, UN week. This Monday morning uh, commute is a bitch. What do you got, Noam? Yeah, well, the street closures have already begun. Anything on the east side from, like, the 30s to the 60s, bad news, especially anything close to the U.N., and it's going to be like that all week. And then you factor in, uh, Sid, there's protests because there's there was a huge one yesterday. There's going to be one every single day uh, during this uh, GA because they want to get the attention of these world leaders who are all here. <laughs> <laughs> construction in certain areas of the block oh, yeah, around right. here they it's it's right near our building they have the middle of the street is kind of blocked so the traffic that will be coming down the street that's allowed to have traffic is going to be backed up and the question is what do they do What's the answer? What are they? What are they? What are they doing over there? I don't know what they do. Well, that, what do they do? I, I mean, I, they usually take big topics and try to tackle them. Whether they actually do anything with it, that's another story. But climate change is one of the things they're going to talk about okay. this week. Right. That's why you had the big climate change protest in Midtown yesterday. Thousands of people there. So they'll talk about that. Now, whether anything's executed afterwards, that's a whole other story. You got 140 state heads that they don't do anything. Well, here's my question. Forget about what are they doing this week when all these people show up. Like you said, 140 state heads. My question is, what do they do all year? Yeah, nothing. What what do you, what is your job at the United Nations? I, I, I don't even know. And, well, and I, I ask this every year. So does Bernard. And no one seems to have an answer. Well, the, 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 the name of the place is baffling to me because, what is it, the United Nations. Yeah. And what is the biggest world thing going on right now? Right now? Right now. Right now. Yes. The Giants? Okay, that's second <laughs> or third. Well, well. But, I mean, I watched the whole 60 Minutes thing on it last night. I don't even know what it is. What is okay. it? Uh, Ukraine and Russia. Oh, right. Sure. Okay, yeah. so however you feel about it, I know you've done... It is, it, it, 500,000 people have died in that already. Armed forces on both sides... Okay, and we are we're gonna we just gave them seventy billion dollars, <laughs> seventy billion dollars. Yeah. We're gonna give them more money, and this thing is gonna be going on and on and on and on and on. What what are the United Nations doing about that? The United Nations, why are they allowing this to go on and on and on? <laughs> and come here and do what you said, stall traffic, completely foul up New York City. What, what, did, what are we doing that to, to deserve that? No, no, you're right. That's I a very good point. I don't understand. Well done, Lewis. 
And, and meanwhile, all those people, the whole place of Ukraine is destroyed. They have no life. And, but they're here, and they're just going to park where they want. And it's up to us to give all the money to this country so they can launch missiles. <laughs> That's it. That's what they're yeah. doing. Yeah. I mean, I feel bad for Ukraine. But what are these other countries doing? A hundred Come on. That's what I, that's what I thought this would be about. United Nations, stop! That's the biggest thing going on, I think, right now. And if this and if Russia gets past what 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 Zelensky's saying, Russia gets past them, forget it. It's the other countries can't stand up to them. Well, I mean, but it's just not going to happen. Oh, I, I, right, you sound right. like Peter. You sound like Peter King now. I mean, Putin can't, well, hasn't won a fight yet. Now he's going to take over the whole world. Slow down, but. But I hear what you're saying. The potential is there, but it's highly unlikely. Okay, good. I hope so. But it's not. It's really not the biggest thing. I think the biggest thing, believe it or not, is the migrant crisis in the United States. All right, that's, yeah, that's that, also. I mean, that, that that affects us a heck of a lot more. But you're right. You make a great point. United Nations, United Nations. What do you they would do? Think, yeah. <laughs> so, but in terms of the uh, this illegal crisis, I hate to use the word migrant. So there was a uh, a congressional uh, tour. You can't make this up. A congressional tour at the Roosevelt Hotel. So I guess they had is it twelve Congress folks known from four different states? Something like it was the Hispanic Caucus from Congress. Was the touring. Hispanic Caucus, which tells you why Alexandria Ocasio Cortez was a leader of this group. And there were twelve of them again out, out of uh, four different states. So they're out there taking a tour. As if, honestly, this is like Disney, you know. I mean, these people are ruining New York City. Ruining New York City. The mayor himself, that jackass, said a couple of weeks ago, this is going to destroy New York City. And they're taking a quote-unquote tour. That's what they're calling it, a tour. So here's AOC getting drowned out by the hecklers outside the Roosevelt Hotel this weekend, Lewis. This is cut number eight. Ultimately, I think that there are three points of consensus here that are very important in getting a solution to this issue. The first is that there is there is consensus here across geography and states on increased federal resources to cities and municipalities dealing with this issue. The second is to allow for work authorizations so that the folks in here can get to work and start supporting themselves as soon as possible. They are prevented from getting jobs, they are prevented from employment, and that is part of the strain on our public systems. The faster that folks can access the work that they're asking for legally, the better we can solve this problem. Yeah. And the okay. third is extension of temporary protection yeah. status for Venezuela. How'd that go for him? (laughs) But leave it to a brilliant comedian when it comes to Mayor Eric Adams and how he's handled the migrant crisis, illegals, whatever you want to call it. Leave it to a brilliant comedian as we wrap up. It's already been a great first segment on a rainy U.N. Monday morning. Lewis Black, to really summarize the job Mayor Adams has done. This is the great Lewis Black, Lewis, cut number 10. Eric Adams recently said that he doesn't get enough credit for what he's done here. He was kind of whining about this about two, three weeks ago. Here's just a tip from somebody who's not really a politician, but someone who kind of takes a close look at them and how the the words that come out of their mouth affect us. Uh, Eric, shut the f*** up, okay? That's what you do. Shut the f*** up. Credit for what you've done. You know who deserves credit? The people who come, you know, get the garbage cleaned up.
That's who deserves the credit. The people who have the, 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 the toughest jobs in this country. That's who get, who deserve the credit. And they get none, Eric. There are very few people who get credit for what they do. You know, you chose to do this. That's the deal. And you're not doing it well. And if you think you are, you're out of your f***ing mind. You make de Blasio look like a genius. And that's appalling. Wow, Lewis Black, Mayor Eric Adams, making Bill de Blasio look like a genius. Ouch. All right, folks, big guest list about to come your way. He gets us going every weekday morning at 7.05. The icon, the legend, Mr. Guardian Angel, Curtis Sliwa. He had another busy weekend and another big rally coming up. He'll announce all of that coming up at 7.05. The editor of the National Review, Political NBC, all of it. Great Monday morning guest, Rich Lowry, comes your way at 7.40. We're going to talk to Assemblywoman, excuse me, Councilwoman, Councilwoman from my district, Joanne Ariola, the lease is signed. Are they ready to go at Floyd Bennett Field? 8.40, Bill O'Reilly making two appearances this week, doing Monday and Thursday, and hoping to land Joe Beningo in the 9 o'clock hour as well. The number is always 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. Welcome to another week with us, sitting friends in the morning, exclusively on Talk Radio 77, WABC. Radio 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Great right here, Jimi Hendrix. A happy heavenly birthday. Jimi Hendrix, Jimmy, died on this day back in 1970. He's gone 53 years already. Jimi Hendrix, 53 years ago today. And, you know, it's ironic where I was this weekend. I, I went upstate to see my mom, Naomi. You guys all love Naomi, and it was great to see her. My sister, Elizabeth, the youngest of my three sisters, she actually lives in Parkland, Florida, but now all three of my sisters, Alana, Ray Sherry, and Elizabeth, all own homes 
in White Lake Homes, upstate New York, where my mom lives, you know. So it's great. My mother has her uh, three daughters there. And, you know, the holidays, a um, one sister will do it, then another. So Elizabeth, who has far and away the nicest and biggest house in the family, her and Michael Schuster, she made Rosh Hashanah dinner, and it was very, very nice. It really was. And Albert and Ray Sherry and Alana and Harry and Lizzie and Michael, these are names you may not recognize, but this is my family. Me, Danielle, Abe, and Gabe, and a bunch of our nieces and nephews, and it was lovely. And uh, we ended the holiday, of course, by doing what we do every time, which is about a mile away from my parents' house is a ball field where we played softball every Sunday for, they still play, they still play, I'm not there anymore, but they still play, but it's got to be 50 years. All the men in the community, which has about 178 homes, play softball every Sunday morning. It's a Jewish thing, you know, years up there in the Catskills. And my father is uh, is buried in that cemetery, the cemetery right outside the ball field, where my father, for many, many years, was a great first baseman. Harvey was big. He was tall. He was, he was a great target there and never, ever missed the ball, ever. So we went to the cemetery, which is always hard, especially holiday time, because my dad was a big deal. He actually blew the shofar at the temple in Kanyanga Lake every year, every year. So it was a nice weekend. It was an emotional weekend. But the reason why I can tie it to Jimi Hendrix is, I told you this before, my mother's house is exactly one mile, exactly one mile from Yasgur's farm, the original site of Woodstock, where Jimi Hendrix in 1969 Lit that crowd on fire. You're dead about a year later. Didn't last very long for Dimmy. But uh, he lit that place on fire one mile from my mom. I'm going to go back to my mom this weekend because Monday is the holiest day of the Jewish calendar, Yom Kippur. And being that she's a good two and a half to three hours away from me, by the time we break the fast on Monday night, I'm not coming back. I'll come back sometime on Tuesday. So I'm not going to be here a week from today or next Tuesday. It's going to be a four-day weekend, but not really because the holiday is not a heck of a lot of fun. <laughs> you know, Yom Kippur is not exactly Christmas or Easter. <laughs> We're not handing out gifts and having sex. <laughs> that ain't Yom Kippur. In fact, it's miserable, miserable. Shul all day, and i got to go to Yisker and... Yeah. which is the uh, the mortar service for my father. It's just one of those things where you're with family, and when you break the fast Monday night, that's great. Right. But it shouldn't be called a holiday. It's just, it's just miserable. Yeah. I mean, uh, now that you got the – you can do the virtual services, though, like the, the shul services. We do it virtually, my family at least. So we can, like, at least grab a cup of coffee, sit on the couch in some sweatpants, and then watch the service that way. Throwing a, a little lazy, that's what you do you a little lazy talit. Yeah. <laughs> well, you actually really? you, yeah, you don't actually have to get because since COVID, now you could just you, we have a live stream of it. Well, here's one for you. You know, there's only one game coming up in week three of the NFL, which again starts with my Giants, who are terrible. I know they won yesterday, but they're a terrible team. They're going to take on San Francisco on the road and get annihilated. The Niners are two and zero. They made uh, quick work week one in a win in Pittsburgh, and they won again yesterday. They beat the Rams. 
So they're 2-0, and the Niners, and they haven't played a home game yet. And Brock Purdy looks better the first two weeks of this season than he did during that playoff run last year. And Christian McCaffrey is off to an amazing start. There's only one battle of two unbeaten teams in week three, and that is your Philadelphia Eagles 2-0 and taking on the Baker Mayfield-led 2-0 and Tampa Bay Buccaneers who beat the Bears yesterday to improve to 2-0. and so it's the 2-0 Eagles against the 2-0 Bucks, and that game is next Monday night, ending week three, the night of Yom Kippur. Well, how about that? Birds will get a win on the holiest day of the year. They probably will, yes. <laughs> they probably will, yes. All right, we got a lot of great guests stopping by today. Lots more to discuss, including the Giants. We're also going to talk to Joe Nolan who can't be happy, the Jets, if you were buying into like Joe Beningo was. Beningo's already apologized to me this morning. He says, quote in the text, I'll read it, so much for my great defense. They were not, they're not great. Uh, let's slow down with the 85 Bears. Uh, he's already given oh, in. Of course. They, um, you can't, they gave up 30 to Dallas. C.D. Lamb was wide open all day. You got I, the best defensive I, backfield yes. ever with Sauce and Reed. He killed them. Yeah. Of course you got to give it up. Okay. And again, Zach Wilson can't play. Yeah. He can't play. So Beningo's already apologizing up and down. He feels like an idiot. We'll get to Joe Nolan coming up next. Oh, right now it's time for the 77 oh, WABC Joe. clip of the day. That's it. He's, he's mailed oh, it in, Joe. That's Joe. it. Listen oh, to what my guy. I am a disgrace. <laughs> the wow. Cats Round Table fan. with my guy John Katz and Matidis. That's a great show on Sundays. That's where common sense prevails. Always telling both sides of the story. It's every Sunday morning starting at 8. Well, listen anytime on the 77 WABC app, which I compel you to download this morning. Here, John talks with Mike Summers. Mike, John Katzmatini's here. What do you think? What's going on? It is a very volatile time within the industry, particularly because the Biden administration has decided to put forth a regulatory onslaught on American oil and gas. Uh, every Every opportunity that they have, to limit the amount of production that we have in the United States, they are taking. In fact, what I would argue is that everywhere they can cut off production, they are, uh, specifically on federal lands and in federal waters. If you had an accident, trust Gabu Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabu Law has recovered millions for their clients, and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo, and Facebook. Call Gabu Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Peerless Boilers on 77 WABC.
Justin Ellick here with your bottom of the hour sports update, sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, dot com, PavilionTankless dot com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best to build and boilers. Week two of the NFL season did bring the fireworks for Giants fans with the GMN overcoming a twenty one point deficit in the second half to beat the Cardinals by a score of thirty one to twenty eight in Arizona yesterday. After playing historically bad football for their opening six quarters of the season, Daniel Jones and the Giants decided to finally start executing and in a big way. Jones threw for three hundred and twenty one yards and two touchdowns. Saquon Barkley found the end zone twice before exiting the game due to injury, but it was wide out Isaiah Hodgins with the big game time catch before Graham Gano and his right. Foot sealed the deal with a late field goal for New York. Regarding the injury to Barkley, head coach Brian Dable said following the game he wasn't sure on the extent of his injury, but the Giants are hopeful it's just a minor ankle sprain. Barkley will undergo an MRI at some point today to confirm that diagnosis. Problem there is they play Thursday night, and they're going to need him if they want any shot at the Niners. So we'll see. As for the Jets, things got much worse for them in their first full contest without Aaron Rodgers at the helm, losing 30-10 to in their Week 2 matchup in Dallas against the Cowboys. Four second-half turnovers, including three interceptions from quarterback Zach Wilson, left little doubt in Dallas, which had the ball for more than 42 minutes and ran 83 plays to the Jets' 46. And we'll get a double dose of Monday Night Football tonight with the New Orleans Saints and Panthers meeting in Carolina at 7.15 p.m. Eastern Time before the Cleveland Browns and Steelers clash in Pittsburgh at 8.15. The Saints are three-point favorites in game one, while the Browns are two-and-a-half-point favorites in Game 2. And on the diamond, quickly here, the Yankees fall at Pittsburgh to the Pirates, to the two, and the Mets pull out an 8-4 victory at home against the Cincinnati Reds. Sports, sponsored by Pete Morgan of Peerless Spoilers. Go to PeerlessSpoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. Fun to do what you do. They're the world's best boat boilers, and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. called a bunch of the cops. Cracker. 647, rainy Monday, New York City, UN. I mean, just to give you a little look at what we're dealing with right here. <laughs> just look behind you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we have these beautiful windows that overlook 3rd Avenue here. And behind me, there's a, uh, a tent. It's all lit up. And there were three or four guys that have been standing there since I arrived I've uh, been here now for about an hour and a half. Show's only 47 minutes old, but I've been here for about an hour and a half, and these three or four guys are literally standing there, drinking coffee, just talking. Then there's a bunch of cars that are parked downstairs in front of the building, on the side of the building. And I know I ask this question every year. I did it with Bernard. I'm doing it again today. 
I don't know what these people are doing. I know they're making money, and uh, I would imagine, Noam, our tax payer money goes to this. You know, there's a, uh, I saw a story, some guy sent it to me uh, yesterday, that there were some Democrats out there already proposing, you ready for this, a migrant tax. They want to tax the wealthy here in New York more and make them pay towards the migrant crisis. John, you listening to this? John Katsimatidis, I love your deal. Do you like Eric Adams? You going to like him after that? You going to pay more taxes for the migrants? What do you think about that? Yeah, they're actually proposing or going to propose a migrant tax. Norm, what are your thoughts on that? What kind of tax would it be? Like on your groceries, where would that tax be? I don't know the specifics, to be honest. I'm not sure anybody does just yet. But uh, that is something that may be coming down the road, a migrant tax. It's That's really incredible, right? <laughs> yeah. I think it sounds pretty uh, reasonable. Oh, yeah, sure. It's Absolutely. Good. It's good. Why not? Now, Somebody's got to pay for them. Sure. Somebody's got to <laughs> sure. pay for them. Why not us? So I believe yesterday was the first day for Kristen Welker as a new moderator from Meet the Press. My guy Chuck Todd is out. And uh, Kristen Welker started off in fine fashion. Her guest was our guy, President Trump. How about that? Kristen Welker, Meet the Press, sat down with President Trump, something Chuck Todd was not going to do anytime soon. She got him. And they discussed a, a bunch of issues. We'll do some of that right here before the guests start piling in. One of those issues was what Donald Trump describes as retribution. This is Donald Trump with Kristen Walker, courtesy of Meet the Press on NBC. Lewis, cut number 12. When I talk about retribution, I'm talking about fairness. We have to treat people fairly. These people on January 6th, they went, some of them never even went into the building. and They're being given sentences of, you know, many years. Are you going to pardon those people who've been convicted, well, Mr. President? I certainly might if I think it's appropriate. Uh, very, very sad thing. And it's... They're dividing the country so badly, and it's very dangerous. Well, Mr. President, we're going to delve into that a little bit later on, but I want to stay on this idea of what you mean by retribution. Are you looking to appoint an attorney general who will prosecute the people you tell them to prosecute? I'm looking to appoint an attorney general who's going to be tough on crime and fair. Then Kristen Walker asked Donald Trump about the possibility of him going to jail any of these four indictments and how he feels about that. This is Donald Trump on possibly going to jail. Cut number 13. I don't even think about it. I'm built a little differently, I guess, because I have had people come up to me and say, how do you do it, sir? How do you do it? Uh, I don't even think about it. Uh, these are corrupt people that I'm dealing with. They're destroying our country. I don't even think about it. All I think about is making the country great, making America great. Look, these are... Political. These are Banana Republic indictments. These are Third World indictments. The President of the United States sees how we're doing. We have a movement, the likes of which has never happened in this country before. And you see it with the polls. I mean, I'm up on these people by 60 points and 59 points. I don't mean at, I'm at 59. I'm leading them by 59. You almost say, like, why are they campaigning? Asa Hutchinson, he's at zero. Christie's at two. Other ones are at one. Uh, De Sanctimonious is at nine. I just see a poll coming. I mean, I'm leading him by 
60 points. Mr. President. And you say, why are they doing it? But here's what they did. They saw this happening, and he went to the Attorney General of the United States, and he told them, indict Trump. Trump goes on to talk, too, about uh, who to blame for January 6th. And uh, who did he bring up? Oh, your friend and mine, Nancy Pelosi. Cut number 14. Let me put it this way. I behaved so well. I did such a good job. Nancy Pelosi turned down 10,000 soldiers. If she didn't do that. But and now Nancy I understand, Pelosi doesn't have I understand that, that the police testified against chief, Listen to me, Kristen. Listen to me. <laughs> I understand that the police testified against her, the chief very strongly against her. Capitol Police are great people. They testified against her, and they burned all the evidence. Okay, they burned all the evidence. They destroyed all the evidence about Nancy Pelosi. What do you say to people who wonder why you, you as Commander-in-Chief, you have authorities that Nancy Pelosi doesn't have as Commander-in-Chief. No, no, she has authority over the Why didn't you send help in that moment, though? Uh, Frankly, just so you understand, I assume that she took care of it. She turned down... But when you realized that that the National Guard wasn't coming? Well, you you don't realize anything until quite a while. National Guard not coming. I yes, I asked it to be there three days in advance, and she turned it down. She says that that request was never officially made. Oh, just stop so it. you know. L- let, let me just tell you. Let me ask you the about mayor of D- Let Mr. me tell you. The mayor of D.C. gave us a letter saying that she turns it down. Okay, we have it. Nancy Pelosi also was asked, and she turned it down. The police commissioner. I'm talking of about Capitol the day Police. Of the... Wait a minute. Yeah. Capitol Police said that he wanted it, and Nancy Pelosi wouldn't accept it. She's responsible for January 6th. Mr. President. Nancy Pelosi's responsible. One more. Uh, this is, again, Kristen Welker, her first day replacing Chuck Todd on Meet the Press, courtesy of NBC yesterday. Trump talking about Ron DeSantis. Lewis, this is cut number 17. When DeSantis says that, that means he's not your man. He's not your man anyway because he's a very untalented guy, and he's proven that. He started out, everybody was talking to him. After I worked him over a little bit, he's gone down the tubes. I, I think he's going to end up being number three or four. He just had a poll today. He was number four. And by the way, the one that was number two was 59 points behind. So, you know, it's very interesting. But when somebody says eight years, we need eight years, no. In six months to a year, many of the problems, almost all of the problems that you and I have just spoken about will be solved. Anybody that says they need eight years, you don't want that person. Well said, President Trump. What a great first hour of radio, folks. Monday morning here in New York City. That sets us up for four or five great guests. You know, we kick it off with Curtis Lee when nobody better than the man himself. So we'll come back and wrap up our number one on this rainy UN Monday in New York City. Giants win, Jets lose. Lots to talk about. Sid Rosenberg right here on 77 WABC. Stop it.
Radio 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Shut up! Taking a nap, um, Friday afternoon. I knew I had a uh, a long weekend and long trip to upstate New York, and my phone rings, and it's Councilwoman Joanne Ariola, and um, I kept sleeping, <laughs> but I woke up a little while later, and I returned to a call, and she was very sweet, and she said, I, "You know," she said, "Sid, when I was on your show last week, she said I promised you." I promised you if I had any news, any, about Floyd Bennett Field, I would let you know. And I thought that was pretty cool. You know, we're not that far removed, me and Joanne, because of Curtis. Not because of Curtis, because Curtis did nothing wrong. He was actually right again. But not that far removed from um, me saying some not very nice things about Joanne. But she came on the show last week, and now it's all about solidarity to keep these illegals out of Brooklyn and everywhere, Staten Island and Queens, you name it. And she called me to tell me that, to say that uh, Monday, which is today, the lawyer is going to court. So we're going to get all these details from Joanne Ariola. She's going to join us at 810. But, of course, I don't need anybody else to give me details other than the man that's about to join me right now because he has been money. I mean money. He was brilliant on Thursday night in Brooklyn. <laughs> He's so good. Gets big ratings, noon to one, every weekday afternoon. Big ratings, overnights, all weekend long. Arguably does his best work right here with me about this time every weekday morning. He's the icon. He's the legend, Mr. Guardian Angel. This is a huge segment. People love this segment. Curtis Sliwa. So, Curtis, how about that, Joanne, giving me a call to tell me, hey, Here's what's happening next. Are you okay with Joanne right now? Are you still upset that she did initially say something not all that nice, but she seems to have come around? Let me tell you two things. <laughs> okay. There are two people, if they come on today, you mess up, you fess up. Joe Benigno had better appear and apologize he to can't. you. He can't. I understand, but he he blew it up I know, last he blew week. it up, but he can't because it turns out, <laughs> it turns out, that the first show he did after the Jet win was me. And the problem is WFAN pays him to go on with Evan Roberts and Tiki Barber in the afternoon. It's a paid spot. So not only did he come up. Wait, 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 Evan who? Yeah, I know. No, Craig. Tiki no, Evan's Barber. great. Evan's wait, great. wait, hold on. But there's no they, Craig Carter. They're not comparable to <laughs> Sid Rosenberg. Well, I, Please. I, I appreciate you saying that, but they are the afternoon show with the fan who still employs Beningo. 
And that's uh, the guy who replaced Carton. Yeah, but still, you mess up, you fess up in life. Well, here's the problem. Not only did he come on this show, but here's what really went bad. Why doesn't he send you a Western Union (laughs) telegram with your apology? Well, oh, he was bombastic. Well, I'll I'll tell you what he said. I'll tell you what he said. Not only did he come on the show, but it made matters worse. And I told you that that morning when they put the conversation in the New York Post. Yes. So imagine you're Chris Olivero. You're paying Joe Beningo. To come on your station to talk about the Jets twice a week, and you're in the paper with Sid Rosenberg at WABC. I understand that, but I want it written with his blood. I want him to take a pint of plasma and blood and write it out. I apologize, Sid. I couldn't have been more hopelessly wrong. Well, here's what he did say. He didn't say, I apologize, Sid. He didn't say that. He was wrong. He was so wrong, but he did say. In life, you mess up, you fess up. He said, can't do it this morning, bro. I owe you one. So much for my great defense. And just to kind of uh, continue what Curtis is talking about before we get to the real Curtis stuff, if you missed it, he was on last week. The Jets defeated the Buffalo Bills in overtime. Huge win. The Bills looked great yesterday beating the Raiders. Even after the Aaron Rodgers injury, and lots of Jet fans started to think, oh, we got a great defense, we're still going to win. And I said, yo, they got Dallas on Sunday. Dallas just beat my team by 40 points last night. Joe didn't want to hear it. If you missed it, this is uh, me and Joe Beningo, cut number five. There'll be no apology today. So when you go to Dallas on Sunday and they stick it up your ass like 28-3, then what are you going to say on Monday morning? Well, we'll see. Let's see it happen. Well, if it happens, then, then, well, but if it happens and Zach Wilson, and Zach okay, Wilson okay, throws five okay, interceptions, goddammit, then what are you going to say? It's going to happen. Write it down now. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. If we win this game on Sunday against Dallas, call me again. And we'll talk about how they stuck it up our ass, all right? Make sure you do that. Well, we tried. I mean, uh, Jack Wilson yeah. from the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Please. I mean, Donnie Osmond, please. Terrible. And what I was what happened? To, what happened to Benigno? He lost his mind. <laughs> I, I want wrong. the apology <laughs> written in blood or plasma. Well, I was wrong because I said Dallas was going to win 28-3, to and they won 30-10. to I was actually pretty close. But now. There'll be no apology. The second mess up. Yeah. Uh, when you mess up, you fess up. Joanne Ariola has yet to apologize for, for, apologize for maligning me back in May, viciously, and then going out there and telling her constituents that I was rumor-mongering, I was making up the fact that the feds were working with the state and Eric Adams to put illegal aliens on Floyd Menefield. You remember, that was in May. That was in May. We could have organized well in advance. And I, and again, I, I brought her on. It was the same day. I won't forget it. We actually brought on Vicky Palladino. Because you gave me information about Fort, uh, what Fort was that in Queens? Uh, not Fort Totten. Fort Totten. And you gave me information about, uh, Floyd Benefield, Fort Tilden, and Howard Beach. That's correct. And that was the, uh, motivation to bring Joanne on. And yes, you are right. She said, and I quote, I don't take advice from radio Well, people. maybe she should have taken the <laughs> advice. That's true. We'd be in a much better place. Number two, she issued a letter that we should all come together. She attacked Joe Biden, fine. She attacked Hochul, fine. And totally exonerated Eric Adams. Totally exonerated. Now, let me play well, you. Hold on. When you say, because I, I got to tell you, uh, here's where you're a little inconsistent. I haven't heard our mutual friend, and I love her. I love her, Jamie Williams, attack Eric Adams yet either. I've not heard one thing from her. Don't you think, I it, have not, don't you think it's a little more difficult for a Democrat to no, do that? No. I think if you're on the side of ours and it's about the illegals and the okay. migrants, so he you, deserves it. So you have Joanne Ariola 
I want her to come. I want her to respond to this statement that Eric Adams has made. You are watching an incompetent person turning a competent place in a city to live in. This is what we need to recognize. I do. I recognize that. You're incompetent. He called himself incompetent? Yeah, and he is. Well, this is the best audio of the day. I know you love the comedian Louis Black. Yes. You love him? Love him. Boy, did he did he drop napalm on Eric Adams. Louis Black, cut number 10. Eric Adams recently said that he doesn't get enough credit for what he's done here. He was kind of whining about this about two, three weeks ago. Here's just a tip from somebody who's not really a politician, but someone who kind of takes a close look at them and how the, the words that come out of the mouth affect us. Uh, Eric, shut the f*** up, okay? That's what you do. Shut the f*** up. Credit for what you've done. You know who deserves credit? The people who come, you know, get the garbage cleaned up. That's who deserves the credit. The people who have the, 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 the toughest jobs in this country. That's who get who deserve the credit. And they get none, Eric. There are very few people who get credit for what they do. You know, you chose to do this. That's the deal. And you're not doing it well. And if you think you are, you're out of your f***ing mind. You make de Blasio look like a genius. And that's a problem. How about Lewis Black's assertion that Adams makes de Blasio look like a genius? This is what I'm hearing everywhere. And so it is incumbent upon Joanne Ariola and all of her common sense caucus to name and shame Eric Adams because they're not doing it. And you know what they all say? Oh, but he's trying. Yeah, uh, trying to destroy our city. What the hell are you talking right, about? Trying. Well, give me, uh, let's move past what you should yes, do because yes, you're yes. right. I agree with all that. I'm on your side. I on want that. two apologies. Yeah, two, two apologies. apologies. Beningo and Ariola. Exactly. You want three because you want two from Ariola. Yeah, exactly. But uh, they are going to court today, according to Joanne. And I guess they're going to file an injunction. Tell me what's going on in court today. You don't know. Well, I don't know. Really? They don't share this with us. What Come are you on. talking about? She called me and told me about it on who's, Friday. Who's the lawyer? I don't know who the lawyer is. Well, Joe Murray has uh, actually stepped up and said he would do it pro bono. Look, look, let's get together with Joe Murray. You do. We'll I mean, do a that. guy who has represented people who have tried to kill me. Right. I'll put all of that aside. Well, he actually was, uh, we had dinner with Lewis at La Sorrentina Thursday night after the rally, which he did the rally for, and he was uh, talking you up how great you were. Let's let's sit down with Joe. Okay. Uh, look, Joanne can do what she's got to do fine. The more the more lawyers that are in court, the somebody's going to hit, you know, an injunction. But I have no idea what Joanne is doing. I don't know who this lawyer is. I, I, I'm hope for the best. Yeah. But let's face well, it. You, you seem so pessimistic and down this well, morning. I, I'm pessimistic and down because I see these politicians clucking away. You know, they're blaming Biden. They're blaming Hoko. Fine. And all of a sudden, they're giving a pass to Eric Adams, the guy who started this. He challenged Abbott. He said, bring him on. He has recently said, oh, it's up to you, the people. I can't do anything more. He's abandoned ship. He's abdicated. And I want to hear them name and shame Eric Adams. So Why are they I? giving him a pass? Well, I, I never give him a Common pass. sense caucus. What <laughs> kind of common sense is that? You blame Biden. Fine. Who's going to be on this block, by the way? That's why tomorrow, you see. Tomorrow. I think it's tomorrow. No, well, that's why you see everybody here. No, no, they're here all week long. Right. right. Same people, but he'll be here tomorrow to but speak to But he's right down the block. That's where he's staying. Why don't we pay him a visit, you know, <laughs> give him some ginkgo in the morning, try to revive his memory. Maybe he can tell us another story, right? Yeah. But anyway, the point is, if you're going to take on 
the individuals who are destroying our city, our state, our country. It starts with Biden, Hochul, and you cannot give a pass to Eric Adams. Well, you know I agree a thousand percent. I've said time and t- every rally that we do, you and I, before you take over and you win the day every time, I mention all three, and I do place emphasis on Eric because he's the guy now bitching and complaining, not Biden, a little bit from Hogel, and he's the guy that was there when the buses first arrived and shook let hands. Me, let me make, let me make a point. You can ask Joanne Ariola. Do you support the mayor who wants to send our problem that he created to other communities upstate, including to where your mother is in Sullivan County? She hates him. I say no. Yeah, I agree. I say we created this problem because of our mayor. He invited him here, and now he wants to shuttle them all over the state. No, we defend the rest of the state. Just send these people back. Exactly. Or to Washington. Or to Washington. And when he goes, that's illegal. Don't be a pussy. Oh, my God. Now, did Nelson Mandela care when something was illegal? You want to really get New Yorkers to love you? Then this mess that you created, if you have to do something illegal to fix it, if they got to drag you out of, of Gracie Mansion in handcuffs, I can promise you, you will earn at least oh, a modicum of respect from you and I. 90% right? of the people, Drag absolutely. Out of handcuffs just because I care more about the people than my freedom. But to be a pussy and say, I want I'm you. not going to break the law. I want you to go to my Facebook, my Instagram, my Twitter. You will see me with art. An elderly African-American who went to Thomas Jefferson High School in East New York. He lives in the streets. You will cry. Art could not find a bathroom. He he is in control of his mental faculties. He just happens to be homeless. And he defecated out there in the street. He was crying when I came upon him. I said, Art, Art. He goes, nobody will let me use the bathroom. I've been to the Roosevelt Hotel three times. I said, please, I need a room. You're an American. We don't have rooms for you. You will look at this guy. My wife, when they she first saw said that? You're yeah. an American? We don't have rooms for you? When you see Art... Uh. You will cry. He looks like the black Santa Claus. You know, he's got the gray yeah, beard. Yeah. He's elderly. And you say, Eric Adams, you have forsaken your yeah. own people, your own African-Americans. What a Shonda in this Russia Shonda. <laughs> hey, can we find a body of moving water where Eric, who claims he's a Jew, puts a yarmulke on, even though he loves Gooey Louis Farrakhan, where he can throw some breadcrumbs in moving water or maybe pebbles Tashlech. into You're it? talking about the Tashlech. Yes, I got to do that actually. When, next when week will too. his day of atonement be to all of well, us? Well, not anytime soon. And while you're uh, talking about him, there's uh, there's another person, another Democrat, who I know you get along with uh, very, very well. And you mentioned the Roosevelt Hotel. She was there this weekend. That skank AOC. <laughs> <laughs> what did I tell? Sid, when I told you we rebels, we got this. Politicians get out of the way. We're all working together, us rebels. She had the shock of her lifetime. AOC all out crazy. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, leader of the Socialists of America, who wanted to defund the police, get rid of the police, open up the prisons, and bring in all the illegal aliens. She wants jobs for them, but said no to Amazon, who could have created good-paying jobs for Americans here. And she had the goal to stand out there. Well, if you notice, all of those folks have been in my rallies, haven't they, Sid? All of them. They did a magnificent job. I applaud them. <laughs> Dogs them everywhere. You are not safe. Wherever you folks are who are bringing these illegals in, you can run. You can't hide. We're going to track you down, and we're going to woof you down. You saw what demonstrators did to them. They were afraid. They looked into the crowd. And, you know, Sid, what really blew AOC's mind, 
there were moderate Democrats in that crowd that she recognized. She, oh, wait a second. How are we going to handle this? We have got to put them on the defensive, and that's what we're going to do. Up the rebels. Now, why is there a rally coming up? I understand, of course, Creed Moore. I understand Floyd Bennett Beal, Toys R Us, and the brilliant work you've done at St. Johnsville Academy and other spots on Staten Island. Can you explain to me why there's a rally coming up, and I believe it's a big one, at Riverdale in the Bronx. That's is it right. Manhattan College? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, a lot of your rabbis up there say, oh, Curtis Lee has no hachamones. What? Oh, yeah, oh I you know, know the one. You, you don't get along at all with Joe Potashnik, do you? Oh, oh Joe, somebody broke his arm. I mean, somebody <laughs> tooled him up with a baseball bat. He was walking around out there in the days. The poor guy, they, he's going in for surgery. He said, oh, a van backed up in him. You know Joe loves women, right? He must have ma- <laughs> messed with the wrong oh, female oh, at the God. wrong time. Oh, God, and some no. guy won't tool oh, him up. My God. And by the way, as we're talking about tooling up, you said that softball is a Jewish thing? Yes. Since when? Your mother, your mother named old me would have said, and I raised you to be playing with a 16-inch <laughs> clincher. You might as well play with a beach ball. What is this, Larry David versus Rosie O'Donnell? That's kind of what it is. That is like an old Jewish guy like Larry David. I mean, softball is not a Jewish game. Everybody plays softball, cops here in New York City. But the Sunday morning games in the Catskills, it's all old Jewish guys. All of them were drafted by the Dodgers. You know how that works. They were drafted by the Dodgers, drafted by the Yankees. They're like 65 no, no, years no, no, old. No, no, they got on. big w- w- bellies. They drink beer when they play softball. What do no, they no, drink? No, no. Morgan David, no, 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 no. See, this is a difference. That's the that's the New York City cops, firemen, the old no, Jewish no, no, guys. No. They're not drinking you beer know, on You know where softball is king? With Eddie Fainer and the king in his court. <laughs> right? He threw a softball. Fast pitch softball, 104 miles an hour. This guy was great. I remember. And they would play with like four guys and they would beat teams. I remember. They would put 11 guys out there, including a mid-center fielder, you know, a backup to the backup. Midwest is king with Chicago, Minneapolis, Detroit. When I organized the Guardian Angels in Detroit, speaking of the UAW on strike, they have 24-hour softball leagues. So I'd be pounding thugs all night long. And I'd go and queue up for a softball game at 4 o'clock in the That's morning. That's crazy. That's crazy. crazy. Yeah. I mean, look, the, the beauty about softball is just about anybody can play. It's not baseball. But what's better? As we wrap up this great conversation. Oh, well, let me tell you something. You what's better that? than just two people? All you need is two. And a broomstick, a Spalding ball, and a wall at one of the public schools. From me, PS197, right off Kings Highway in Brooklyn. And an afternoon of stickball. Oh, yeah. And Come you, on, You Kurt. didn't have a Spalding. You could use a Pensy Pinky or a sponge ball, you know, with a normal baseball bat. You make that little square on the wall, and you cheat, cheat. That was a strike. No, it was Yes, it was. Look, look, look at the chalk. The chalk is on the board. But let me tell you this. Manhattan College, you know who went to Manhattan College? Ray Kelly. Rudy Giuliani. Mike Lawler. Really? They they didn't reach out to Ray Kelly or Rudy Giuliani or Mike Lola, all the those, alumni. All those three guys went to Manhattan College? All three of those. They didn't reach out to them. Me, the high school dropout who the Jesuits kicked to the curb at Brooklyn Prep. As Peter King always says, I graduated Brooklyn Prep. Curtis Lee was a high school dropout. Well, the neighborhood has called me in to lead a rally next Sunday at 2 o'clock. Because believe it or not, the jerks who run Manhattan College... A uh, Catholic college up there in Riverdale have sold one of the dorms so they can put illegal aliens in there 
with all the young girls and young boys who go to school. Their parents are paying up, which is $68,000. Hey, if you're members of the alumni or whatever, you got to put a stop to that. Do you see what happened in Buffalo SUNY? They had him since May, 44. And then the chancellor said, you got five days, pack your bags, get the hell out of here. In fact, Buffalo, Erie County wants no more of our illegal aliens. Why? They raped twice at Super 8 motels that we were paying them to be in. And you want to house illegal aliens on that beautiful 22-acre campus that overlooks Van Cortland Park? Are you people who run Manhattan College out of your minds? Well, let me tell you something. 2 o'clock next Sunday, right there at 238th and Waldo Avenue, I'm going to lead the mother of all demonstrations to stop that in its tracks. And all you rabbis out there, you can come out and say, oh, after the day, the day of atonement, Sliwa has no rachmones. Guess what? I gave you two of my sons to your tribe. Shut up, rabbis. Go back to Davening. Study the Torah and Talmud. Get out of our way. And we're going to stop the dormitory at Manhattan College from housing illegal aliens to protect the children there who are getting a great college education. Hey, Ray Kelly, Rudy Giuliani, wake up, Mike Lola. That's your school. You're the alumni. Join Curtis Sliwa and the neighborhood to stop the illegal aliens from taking over Manhattan College. To you, it's like dropping a dime. You're spreading the word like it is your job. You should be a stool pigeon who works for the mob. You talk too much, then you never shut up. I said you talk too much. Oh boy, you never shut up. Hi, it's Ernie Anastas. You know, your thoughts can affect how you feel, and how you feel can impact your thoughts. Addressing your mind and body connection is the key to improving your overall wellness. Bergen Newbridge Medical Center is the largest hospital in New Jersey, providing comprehensive, equitable, compassionate, and high-quality emergency inpatient and outpatient medical care, plus mental health services and substance use disorder treatment. The Bergen Newbridge team can address your total health needs in one convenient location. Call 201-225-7130 for an appointment or newbridgehealth.org. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning.
You can tell that we had the lithium channel on on Saturday. <laughs> Cracker, Pearl Jam, rocking with the 90s on this Monday edition of Sid and Friends in the Morning. You just heard Bill O'Reilly's morning message. Bill going to be on twice this week. That's awesome. We're going to get Bill O'Reilly coming up in about an hour, 840 this morning, and also coming up 840 on Thursday morning. And again, this Sunday at 2 p.m., Manhattan College outside the Migrant Dorm. It's on 238th Street and Waldo Avenue in Riverdale. I used to live there in the Century Building. There'll be another rally led by Curtis Lee. When Curtis mentioned that these people in particular went to Manhattan College, Mike Lawler, he was on last week. He killed it. Congressman out of Rockland County, Rudy Giuliani. And he mentioned Ray Kelly. And you know I'm on record saying many, many, many times that Ray Kelly is the best police commissioner in the history of New York. Bill Bratton doesn't hold Ray Kelly's jock. Anybody who puts Bill Bratton in the same sentence as Ray Kelly is a moron. A moron. Doesn't hold his jock. And you also know, if you listen to me long enough, that there's been kind of a back and forth between me and uh, Ray's kid, Greg, who's a smart guy. You know, smart guy, nice show, radio show. He's a big deal at Newsmax. All that. Big deal. He is. But um, I don't open see eye to eye, and he doesn't either. So for some reason, Greg, who knows nothing about sports, he just knows it's fine, but he knows nothing about sports, I guess, and I didn't hear this because I don't listen to Greg or watch Greg, but I guess he was commenting on Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback of the Jets. And much like Curtis did last week on this show, I think Curtis was trying to be funny. I hope he was. I guess Kelly tried to make the point that Rodgers – Ruptured his Achilles tendon against the Bills because he does LSD or something. Was that uh, was that Kelly's stupid point? Uh, yeah, just stupid. Uh, yeah, just the, stupid. Just, the gist of it, and that he doesn't right. go to church enough. Doesn't go to church, Greg. Okay. Well, listen, Greg. God bless Greg. He has he's found Jesus, as many of us do after we screw up. So I'm very happy that Greg now goes to church and found Jesus. But my God, Greg, stop, please. I mean, come on. Who do you think you're fooling? But. We're going to be honest about this. A lot of people picked on Rodgers, and it's silly. You don't even watch the Jets. You don't even watch football. I felt bad for Aaron. He actually cares. He wanted to play here. He wanted to win. Not a celebratory story. It's not a, here's the lesson, kids. Don't do LSD because you'll rupture your Achilles tendon. But the part of this story that really has me scratching my head is that Pat McAfee, you guys know who Pat McAfee is? All right, there's a show called ESPN Game Day that I watch every Saturday morning. They've been airing it on ESPN for 100 years. In fact, Lee Corso actually put on his 400th piece of headgear this Saturday at Colorado before Colorado and Deion Sanders beat Colorado State Saturday night to improve to 3-0. and And they've got Desmond Howard, Kirk Herbstreet, Reese Davis, and a few other people. And they have celebrities pick the games every week. This week was The Rock. He was great. Joan Namath the week before, blah, blah, blah. Well, Pat McAfee is a new addition to the show. But he's also got his own really, really big podcast. So he's a big deal at ESPN. And just this year, he actually surpassed Stephen A. Smith as the highest paid talent, I believe, at ESPN. Upwards of $10 million. A big deal. So I guess Pat McAfee knows Aaron Rodgers. They have a good relationship. Yeah, Rogers is on the show once a week, I think. There you go. So Aaron spoke to Pat first after the surgery on Tuesday, 
about where he is. And unbelievably, Pat McAfee brought up Greg Kelly. And all I could think about was, there's no way in a million years McAfee's watching Newsmax or listening to Kelly on ABC. But somebody must have said to him, hey, there's some conservative radio host, and he had this to say about Rogers. So McAfee's talking to Aaron Rodgers, and he brings up Kelly. Cut number one. I don't yeah. know if you saw Greg Kelly, who's a super conservative uh, political pundit, said the reason why your Achilles happened, not because Achilles the way it was kind of constructed by oh, God no. or whatever, nope. but because you took ayahuasca, and that is kind of how it all happened. <laughs> That's one guy. We don't need to hear that. You're not doing ayahuasca. What's that guy's name? Greg yeah. Kelly. Redemption bum. News. Bum. <laughs> bum. So if you miss it, there he called him a bum. He said, what's that guy's name? And McAfee said, Greg Kelly, and Ryan Rogers said, he's a bum. (laughs) So if I'm Greg Kelly, uh, to be honest, here's where I'll uh, give Greg some credit. I don't care what Aaron Rodgers calls me. The fact that Aaron Rodgers is talking about me is a big deal. So I congratulate Greg Kelly, even though he knows nothing about sports and his comment was stupid and relatively irresponsible. I mean, there are ways to try to keep kids from doing drugs, and they should go to church. I'm not sure Aaron Rodgers is the example. But either way, congrats to Greg Kelly for getting a mention from Aaron Rodgers. Don't you think, Lou? Uh, yes, I'm, I'm just following along. That's Oh, you didn't know this on. story? No, I didn't know the story. So I you know guess. who made us aware of all this? Nobody knows it. But we have a, a guy that used to work on our show that now lives in Bristol, Connecticut, and works at ESPN, Luke Lagrano. Oh, Luke. And he's up there. He monitors everything ESPN all the time. And he was so excited when he heard this, he sent it to me and Alec right away last week. So, Yeah. Lovely Lukey. Love him. Lukey boy. Greg <laughs> Kelly and Aaron Rodgers. And Pat McAfee. That's uh, quite the threesome. Who would have thunk it? <laughs> yeah. All right. We're going we're gonna to talk to uh, Rich Lowry. He's coming up. He's always great on a Monday. Joanne Ariola, Bill O'Reilly, Bernie Kosar, all still to come. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Then the forecast, just beautiful sunny skies, temperatures, mid-70s at best, really low 70s, sun-drenched till about Friday. And then I think I saw like nine consecutive days of rain, nine. (laughs) Anyway, it is uh, raining, U.N. week. There are people all over. Uh, Curtis was right. Biden is already here. Story in today's New York Post that uh, Joe Biden, the president, his wife, Jill, and uh, they have a daughter, right? I think they do. I don't even know. The Dobie daughter went for a dinner last night at uh, some uh, swanky restaurant in Greenwich Village. Well, I'm not sure if Biden is going to speak today. I think it's tomorrow, though. He's going to meet with uh, Netanyahu. Either way, they're all here. All the people that make this country worse are here in New York. My next guest, though, makes the country better. 
He's the editor of the National Review. You can see him on NBC, Politico, syndicated columns in the New York Post. Great Monday morning guest, Rich Lowry. Richard, good morning, buddy. How are you? Good, Sid, although I think I'm losing some confidence. All I heard last week, nine and a half points, too many points for the Cowboys against a world-class Jets defense. Too many points. Yeah. Over and over again, too many points. Yeah, well, Joe Beningo, did you hear Joe Beningo yell at me last week? <laughs> no, I missed it. Oh, you it. missed it? Oh, you got to hear this. Come on, play this quick. This is um, so Beningo, who got into trouble because he does a paid spot at WFAN to go on with Evan and Kiki in the afternoons, comes on with me, and it was so good, which it actually made the New York Post. So you could imagine That's the powers good. that be over there are like, wait, wait a second, <laughs> our guy with ABC with Sid? But if you missed it, uh, Beningo said, hey, we're still good. We lost Rodgers. We've got a world-class defense. We can run the ball. I don't care who's playing quarterback. We're going to win. And I brought up the Dallas game, and the conversation went like this. So when you go to Dallas on Sunday and they stick it up your ass like 28-3, then what are you going to say on Monday morning? Well, we'll see. Let's see it happen. Well, if it happens, then what? Then, well, if it happens and Zach Wilson, and Zach okay, Wilson okay, goes five interceptions, goddammit, then what are you going to say? It's going to happen. Write it down now. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. game on Sunday against Dallas, call me again, and we'll talk about how they stuck it up our ass. All right? Make sure you do that. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I, missed that. I, I said 28-3. You, you, ended you, up 30-10. You to 10, two interceptions, but it was close. <laughs> yeah, it's close. So anyway, yeah, all of a sudden he texted me this morning and said, well, so much for a world-class defense, which C.D. Lamb is still open this morning. Anyway, I do want to get to Biden in town and the U.N. week. Uh, listen, we cannot figure out for years, even when my late great partner Bernard was here, Rich, what this week is all about. We know there's a bunch of ambassadors and fancy people, and they go for nice dinners and get nice hotel rooms and bang all the hookers. But what are they really here for? What, what is, you laugh, but it's true. What is this UN week all about? Well, why do we cause this terrible gridlock and, and allow these people to do whatever they want in our city? Why? Yeah, it's one of the most miserable experiences in, in New York City. Cause it's like traffic stops everywhere, you know, not just near Turtle Bay, just everywhere. And so you're walking, you're trying to get a cab, you can't get a cab, on and on. Um, it's just a, a, you know, global, confab kind of masturbatory event for these folks to listen to each other give these speeches that mostly don't matter you know sometimes someone says something that reverberates minijad i think uh, had had a crazed performance that that was notable Uh, otherwise it's it's forgotten uh, immediately and and no one cares to begin with so over the years you've uh, become funny with chuck todd me too which really angers my audience and that's fine Look, I hate Chuck's politics, and I don't like what Chuck turned into, to be quite frank, on TV. But I'll always love him because he was very loyal to me personally. But I didn't like the Chuck Todd on TV the last couple of years, especially when he argued with Vivek about a third gender. That guy, I don't know that guy. I'm sorry. But he done, and Kristen Welker took over, and she sat down with Donald Trump. And at one point she asked Trump about going to jail, and he said, well, I just don't think about that. I thought that was great. He's, he was talking about all the issues with the country. She was trying to drive home all of his issues, and he's like, well, I just don't think about that. You believe him? I, I, yeah, I do. You know, th- this is uh, – I, I had that lunch with him, which we talked about a little bit. It was off the record, but I, I did ask him uh, almost exactly the same question. Not do you think about going to jail, but, you know, some of these – when you're some of these fixes, how can you sleep at night? And he said, you know, Carl Icahn asked me that. You know, killers asked me that. And he just said he's a fatalist. He just assumes the worst thing is going to happen will happen, and then he'll, then he'll figure it out. 
So um, I do think, as he said, you know, I, I'm built differently, and I do think that's totally right. You know, you can just see it. You know, we we don't know how he's sleeping at night, but you don't. Does he ever blink? Does he show ever show any nervousness? Does, no. Has there any any controversy where you're like, oh, this guy's about to break? You know, the way you would with any conventional Republican. No. So you know, it, and some some there's some downsides to this quality, but if you're Trump and and you're constantly under fire, it's kind of the way you have to be. So tell me, is it still early? Because if I hear that one more time, I'm going to retch. <laughs> it's the Iowa's five months away. By the way, he's killing everybody in Iowa. He's uh, winning big in, uh, I think, Carolina, too. I think New Hampshire may be a bit closer. But he's winning big in Iowa anyway. So what is it not going to be early? What, when can we just mm-hmm. – what, what, like I've already admitted it for months. It's over. It's, it's, it's over. When yeah, are no, other, when, he, when are he, other he people going to say it? Way yeah. earlier than, than I – you know, still uh, – it's early, Sid, but uh, – you know, it's not as early as it was. The reason why you can still say, well, with some hesitation, but you can can say something could change in Iowa because you, you do have um, Iowa can break late. Huckabee won in 08 and sort of shocked everyone. He, he began surging, I believe, in November. Rick Santorum won um, in 12. He began surging in late December. The thing, though, is it seems like you look at you, you, you eyeball it. You look at some of the math from the polling about how many Trump supporters say they're just locked in. His floor is about 30. So even if he goes down 15 points, 10 points or whatever it is now, wherever he is now, he could 30 points is a winning margin a lot of times, a lot, a lot of cycles in Iowa. So he's in a very strong position there. And if he wins there, it's just it's just done. It's just flat, flatly done. You know, and and uh, I. There have been other front runners who've lost in, in Iowa, but they weren't winning nationally by 50 points. <laughs> right, that's exactly. A, that's the point. That's, a, that's why it's a, it's a silly conversation at this point, to be honest. It's a fait complete. He's going to win. Now, who he's going to face? I mean, i got Bill O'Reilly coming about 840. He's convinced Joe Biden doesn't make it. He's not the only one. Uh, folks aren't sure. Will it be Gavin Newsom? Do they convince Michelle Obama? They don't know. But everybody seems pretty sure that Biden's not going to make it. And I ask the same question. Is it because he's going to be sick? Is it because McCarthy and the House GOP are going to take him down? And sometimes they say a little bit of both. Do you think Biden makes it? And if he doesn't, what's the reason why he doesn't? I think there's some some significant chance he doesn't make it. But I think it's all capacity. You know, it's, it's all physical and mental capacity. Um I don't think there's going to – some people think, oh, there'll be this fancy you know, switcheroo at the, at the end, you know, next August or something. They're not going to do that. That, that would be a, a debacle. Um, so it's just, it would just be – someone would have to go to them, and, and Jill and Joe would have to make a very personal decision that they're not going to do it. But I, I think you know, everything indicates he's a go. He wants to do this. This is what he's wanted his entire adult life. He's attained it. He's not just going to go away. Um, so it would be – you know, I don't want this to happen, some terrible fall or something of that nature. That so, so, that, everyone... so, so you don't think then that uh, Kevin McCarthy and Jim Comer and Jim Jordan and Nancy Mace and that crew that are hard at work every day trying to get them on all these bribery things, you don't think that's going to eventually lead to his downfall? You know, I should add that into the percentage. Yeah, I think there's some chance of that. I don't think it's, um, you know, it'd have to be so clear that Democrats would say, oh, no, okay, they got him. And, and you know, the standard for that is like, really high but yeah I, I should i should factor that in I, it's not likely to happen but it could okay last one then on mccarthy uh long week last week you know, mm-hmm. he's trying to get the votes for the uh the impeachment inquiry plus he's trying to avoid a government shutdown and then of course the uh the usual psychos chip roy and matt gates and marjorie taylor green they're out there beating his ass down what do you think he's done you, you have you think kevin mccarthy's done a good job or worthy of all that criticism 
I think he's done a pretty good job in, in hellacious circumstances that are probably probably going to get tougher before they get easier, if they ever get easier. And the fact is, you know, one reason he won after all those votes initially to, to get the speakership, no one else wants it. <laughs> no one else right. no one else would do it. Um, and, you know, and they've scored some victory. I mean, the investigations have been great. There was that D.C. Uh, crime crime bill um, that they, they got through. So they've done good work. Um, it's just th- this is going to be th- this next couple of weeks is going to be really tough for him on this government spending fight. Agreed. Hey, Rich, as always, great job. Love having you on Monday mornings, and uh, we'll do it again next week. Have a great week, buddy. All right. Thanks, Ed. My man, Rich Lowry, editor, National Review, wrapping up the first half of today's Monday show, two hours in, two hours to go with some major guests coming by. Floyd Bennett Field, is it a done deal? We'll find out. Councilwoman Joanne Areola is going to stop by. We get Bill O'Reilly twice this week. He'll be here today at 8.40 on Thursday at 8.40. How lucky are we? And former Miami Hurricane National Championship quarterback winner, great quarterback with the Browns, the Cowboys, and the Dolphins, Bernie Kosar will stop by. Browns and Steelers, one of the two Monday night games coming up as we wrap up week two of the NFL later on tonight. Hour number three coming up next. Radio 77 WABC. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. And the president arrives in New York City for the U.N. General Assembly meeting this week. President Biden left the White House and is flying on Air Force One. He's expected to meet with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu during the assembly. The president will address world leaders on Tuesday. The city's Department of Transportation has already issued a gridlock alert with extensive street closures through Friday. Well, a visit by Congress members cut short by protests at the Roosevelt Hotel. Remarks were interrupted by shouts as tensions run high over the migrant crisis here in New York City. AOC, we see you! Protesters shouting. Trying to drown out the more than a dozen House Democrats gathered outside the Roosevelt Hotel, which was turned into a migrant intake center. Congressional representatives from New York, New Jersey, Texas, and Illinois were all taking a tour of the center and were there to weigh in on the migrant crisis. Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez outlined three items they all agree on that could help with the migrant crisis. One, increase federal funding. Two, sped up work authorization. And three. And the third is extension of temporary protected status for Venezuelans who are the largest population that are arriving here. So when you go to Dallas on Sunday and they stick it up your ass like 28-3, then what are you going to say on Monday morning? Well, we'll see. Let's see it happen. Well, if it Let's happens, then what? Well, 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 if it happens, and Zach Wilson, and Zach Wilson goes by with the seconds, goddammit, then what are you going to say? It's going to happen. Write it down now. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Game on Sunday against Dallas. Call me again, and we'll talk about how they stuck it up our ass. All right? Make sure you do that. Jones throws end zone shot. It's caught by Hodgins for the touchdown. They're an extra point away. Jamie Gillen. Good hold, and the kick is through. The Giants have come all the way back for their first lead of the season. 
Dobbs lining it up, launching away. It is knocked down, and the New York Giants put together one of their biggest comebacks in 99 years of Giants football. From down 21 to win 31 to 28. By the way, Sid. What a weasel. What a weasel, Sid. Sid knows who he is. According to uh, the average one, who some of you folks refer to as the great one, Mark Levin, I'm a weasel. I know who I am. Whatever that means, I don't know. Guess he uh, he was pissed off, of course. You know the story that I didn't yell at John Katsimatidis as if I can do that. You know, he's the owner. But he wanted me to take Katsimatidis to task for taking an hour away from his redundant radio show and giving it to Andrew Cuomo. That's not my decision. So, so uh, F you, Mark Levin. It ended up in a, in a good column, Jason Barrett Media. And you morons on Instagram, you're on the same team. What does that mean? I'm on no team. Isn't Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump on the same team? But Trump kills them every day. I'm on no team. I feel the way I feel. If Mark agrees or disagrees, great for him. Makes a lot more money than I do. He's probably more famous. But he's old and boring. Redundant. (laughs) Cares. God, I can care less. The Giants are a terrible football team. It was a great comeback. Best comeback in 100 years. They're terrible. I'm just telling you, they're terrible. Just terrible. so many false starts. Oh God, and that's and they're going to get they're going to get annihilated killed. by the Niners on Thursday killed. night. Niners are two and zero, and Brock Purdy looks better now than he did during that championship run for the Niners last year. And McCaffrey looks amazing. So the Giants have a short week, and the Jets. That's over. Joe Beningo, he can't come on this morning. But uh, as I pointed out, I said Dallas would stick it up your ass. That's exactly what they did. So before I get to uh, Joanne Ariola. And uh, Biden is already here, had dinner in Greenwich Village last night. It's a mess. Don't forget, folks, we're in Midtown right here on 3rd Avenue. It is a mess for this stupid U.N. week. But this, uh, you may remember on uh, 9-11 that a lot of folks took the president to task for two reasons. A, he made his speech that morning from Alaska, the only president not to be here at Ground Zero. But secondly, on the same day, 
He made a deal with the biggest terrorist country in the world, Iran, giving them $6 billion to release terrorists, uh, terrorists, Americans, in a horrible deal. Well, that became official with Qatar as the mediator, I believe, yesterday. What's the latest known? The information we're getting is only from the Iranians, so I should point that out. The Americans are saying nothing about this swap, but uh, the Iranian foreign minister saying this morning that this is in movement, that the six Americans are going to be released today, and that they Five will... Americans, right? Is it five or I think, six? No, it's, I think it's six billion they got, but it's, oh, I'm, but I'm it's five the Americans. Numbers, right. And by the way, five Americans and five Iranians. Five so, apiece. Yeah, so it's a... It's a swap, and uh, the $6 billion that's uh, been frozen by around the world, the Iranian assets and banks, uh, it has been unfrozen. And it's this complicated thing. It's so interesting. Uh, South Korea first will have hold of this money. Then it will be given to a couple different Gulf nations. Once these Americans are uh, safely back in America, they'll hand this money over to Iran. And, of course, the real worry is how much of this money will go to this nuclear program. They're, we already know they're enriching uranium uh they're closer than ever to weapon grade levels that's what we've been told uh but they claim they're going to use their money for the people yeah of course they do right just like the palestinians use the money for the people not hamas right <laughs> right you think you think uh biden would have learned his lesson from barack obama but he does the same thing talking about biden he's at the very very top of the list of people to blame for this illegals crisis here in new york but uh, some of our local politicians while they're quick to blame biden and hochel need to blame the mayor, and a lot of them don't. It is time to, to put Eric Adams on that same list, folks. I don't care what he says today. I don't care that he's on your side today. He was, at the very beginning, one of the worst. I mean, shaking hands of people coming off buses, yelling and screaming, we're a sanctuary city, come one, come all. So if you're going to send out a press release, if you're going to hammer the president, which you should, and the governor, which you should, you need to add the mayor. If you don't, you're going to raise some eyebrows. You're going to raise some eyebrows. Why are you not hammering the mayor when from the very beginning he was part of the problem? But one lady who's working to solve this is a councilwoman from my neighborhood, and uh, she was on this show just last week. She promised she would call me if she got news. She's a lady of her word. Called me on Friday morning to say, hey, we're going to court on Monday with the latest what's going on in my neighborhood. Here's Joanne Ariola. Joanne, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Sid. I hope you had a good Rosh Hashanah. I did. Thank you. And I'm looking forward. Uh, I go upstate. My mother is up in upstate New York, and we're going back to Yom Kippur. So thank you. I, I do want to bring up one point. I know you just heard me talking about it, how uh, politicians and folks are quick to blame Biden and uh, Hochul. But uh, Eric Adams has been every bit a part of this problem, every bit. I don't care how many times he's called Joe Biden for money. He's known for months, because I've known for months, that the White House is not giving us any money till after the 2024 election. And at the very beginning, he was there shaking hands and calling it a sanctuary city. So I'm just curious if you or other politicians in town are blaming the mayor, too. He seems like he gets a pass. It's not that he gets a pass. I, I think that the mayor allowed the radical left agenda to let this migrant, illegal migrant crisis get ahead of him. He, everything was all peachy and hunky and dory and welcoming. And you know what? That was okay. But you know what? We got no help. None at all. We got to a point where the numbers were insurmountable. We couldn't vet. We didn't know who was an asylum seeker, who got, came in illegally who was here because they had been in prison and, and came across our borders, who came here and they came from a mental institution. We don't know any background. So, yes, the mayor is the 
leader of this city. So, yes, he does have to assume blame, and he has, and we have assigned blame to him. Our, our minority leader, Joe Borelli, was quoted in the Post saying that the migrants, there's more money spent on migrants than the entire budget of Boston. And you're talking about $9,091 per month, $5 billion by the end of the fiscal year. And to bring it down to a, a, you know, a more manageable you know, uh, number for, for your listeners, it's $40,000 per month per migrant. What taxpayer is going to be left here in New York City if this continues? <laughs> so what does Kathy Hochul do? Kathy Hochul then writes a letter to President Biden asking for Floyd Bennett Field, knowing that we're jammed up, knowing that what really we need to do and what the mayor needs to finally say is we're going to put the migrants back on buses, put them back at the border where they can be properly vetted, and then enter the country legally if it is determined. But instead, she asks Biden for Floyd Bennett Field and enters into an agreement with the city, and it is absolute malfeasance because it is illegal for this type of property to be used for anything besides parks and recreation. Well, that's what I thought, too. So I bought him one of my dearest friends, and he's a big-time defense attorney. You know, of course, I'm friendly with Joe Takapina, Alan Dershowitz, uh, Idala, all the big guns. And Idala said that's all true, that it is um, historic. It's a landmark. They can't use it unless they want to. So my fear is is that even though it's a flood zone and, like you said, it's um, it's government property, it's federal property, they shouldn't be able to use it. According to Idala, if they decide they need it, they can override all of that. So you tell me, we've got a lawyer. I don't know who the lawyer is. Uh, Joe Murray so wanted I, to help. Who, do you know who the Joe lawyer Murray, is? I, I, of course. Um, we're working with John Trampoli. He is an attorney. We, uh, Jamie, Jamie Williams, um, my chief of staff, Phyllis and Cirillo, Margaret Powers. We have been working with him day and night throughout the weekend, putting together this order to show cause because the temporary restraining orders seem to be just paper tigers. Right. They, they put them in the court and then... The administration appeals it, and then it's over. Well, we saw so that. Well, we, saw, we, right. we saw that on Staten Island a couple of weeks ago. By the way, I love Correct. Margaret Powers. That's Paul King's wife. So, where's Correct. this? Where's this guy from? This lawyer. So this this lawyer is um, is an esteemed election lawyer, and he's worked for the Senate for many years, and now he is uh, in private. Um, still does some work for the Senate, but then in uh, uh, private practice, but. He knows the laws. He knows the laws that govern this state. He knows the laws that govern this city. He knows the laws that govern this this uh, country. And when he took a look at the lease and he saw what uh, what was necessary to even enter into an agreement, he said it was in direct um, direct violation and it is absolutely illegal to use this property. And we'll be filing that that order to show cause today. I just want to go over with you a couple of the points of the lease. I want you to hold on to your hat. So in order for this lease to be signed, and I will say Mayor Adams made a bad deal. This is a very bad deal that he signed and that we, the taxpayers, are going to be, be responsible for. To the tune of $22 million, we have to do a rehabilitation of the historic entrance to Floyd Bennett Field Bryan Visitor Center. We have to do a, a reconstruction of the public campground improvements, construction of an outdoor education campus, and wait for it. $14.4 million per month for the lease. Jesus. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It, it, That's it's why yep. 
it, it's so hard to believe. And that's why, I mean, our assembly member, uh, Jamie Williams, and our staff, and, and myself, and yeah, uh, Mr. Strampoli, we have been working so hard to really tighten up this order to show cause because we know that it's illegal and we're going to show that. And yes, any other lawsuit that wants to go in, do it. If Joe Murray wants to put in a lawsuit, do it. The more, the merrier. We're meeting with a, with a congressional um, delegation led by, by Nicole Malliotakis today. We are going to use everything at our disposal to make sure that this doesn't happen. No, I know you're working hard. I do. And, and as a resident there, I appreciate it. I'm on the Queens side, Brooklyn side as well, Mill Basin, and uh, that area there, Marine Park, appreciates it too, Joanne. But I want you to be completely honest with me. You're doing all you can. you got an attorney there. I am going to call Joe Murray because he's a terrific attorney. He can only help us. But in your heart of hearts, completely honest here, do you really believe that all these efforts – while your heart is in the right place and you're doing what you should be doing, do you really believe it's going to stop the mayor, the governor, and the president from ruining one of our nicest parks and a beautiful day camp, mind you, in our neighborhood? I believe it will because I know in working with the attorney over the weekend that this is illegal. And I think that our Congress knows it's illegal. And I think that we're going to see lawsuits coming from every which way. Not just this one. Do we so have any idea? Do, be... do we have any idea, Joanne, when they uh, want to start bringing? The, I know you're going to court today, which is good. The sooner, the better. Do you have any idea when they're going to start to bring these people in? We don't know yet. That hasn't been made apparent. But to be honest with you, there's a small park in Hamilton Beach that's part of the Gateway National uh, Park Service, and it's closed because of uh, UN Week. So I can't imagine that a small park in a tiny community would be closed, yet Floyd Bennett Field would be open to start arresting a migrant base camp. So, uh, you know, again, that would be that would be just ridiculous. Right. But um, yeah. I intend to have conversations with the mayor's office this afternoon. I want to know what they why they would enter into an agreement that is so ridiculous. You would never enter an agreement like this. Never with this kind of money. Kathy Hochul is not on the hook. She said she's the financier of this, this project, but I don't see her name on the lease. And by the way, for your listeners, the lease is public knowledge at nps.org. You can go there and look at it. Joanne, that's a great Kathy job. Kathy Hochul can walk away, and, and, she doesn't care. and we're left holding the bag. Right, no, exactly right. And Joe Biden better close our border. Not going to happen. Otherwise, you're going to see not just our state, not just just the other sanctuary cities and, and sanctuary states. You're going to see this pile into other states. Yeah, that's right. But it's and not. It's, it's not going to happen. Nation, it's not going to happen. The radical left agenda to the ruination of the country. Right. Come on now. Well, that's why they have elections. I mean, two things. That's why I get frustrated when Mayor Adams says, "I had no idea it was going to get this bad." Oh, really, Eric? You don't pay attention? How come I knew? I knew because the border has been wide open. <laughs> of course it was going to get worse. And secondly, that's why elections are important. That's why you have to vote for Donald Trump in 2024. I don't care if you hate his guts. I don't care. You want to save your city? You want to save your state? You want to save your country? You vote Donald Trump. Anyway, you're doing a great job. Thank you for calling me Friday. Thank you for coming on today. You know, of course, I wish you the best of luck. I really do. Thank you so much, and have a continued good holiday. You too. Thank you, sweetheart. Joanne Ariola, that's my councilwoman, folks, there in uh, Queens, doing a terrific job and fighting, fighting for all of us, which certainly we do appreciate. Okay, we're going to talk to uh, Ricky Gold. 
We got two Monday night football games coming up tonight. The Giants play early. They play Thursday. And don't look now, but the Miami Hurricanes are undefeated. And then, how about this one-two punch? Bill O'Reilly. He'll be here twice this week. An all-time great Bernie Kosar. Monday morning with me, Sid, only right here. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Radio 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Coast always stopped by. Rainy UN Monday morning. Giants are a terrible football team, but they had one of the greatest comebacks in the history of a 100-year organization. Beat the Cardinals 31-28 on the road yesterday to improve to 1-1. One one. Now they're going to go to San Francisco, and they're going to get their asses teared up by the Niners, who are 2-0 and look really good. This Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey look great. And it's a short week, too, and Barkley got hurt. That's Thursday night. The Jets... Came back to earth. Zach Wilson, horrible three picks. And the same team that beat the Giants beat the Jets. Dallas, uh, just so you know, in the first two weeks of the season, the Cowboys have outscored the two New York football teams, the Giants and Jets, by a combined score of 70 to 10. 70 to 10. I think that Prescott likes the New York teams. I think so. So that brings us uh, to Ricky Gold. He's here every Monday and Friday. Tonight, we've got two, not one, but two Monday night games. The Saints. 1-0 in Carolina for the Panthers. Get a chance to see that rookie out of Alabama, Bryce Young. He's a good quarterback for the Panthers. And then the Steelers, they're going to host the Browns. The Browns won a big game last week. And, of course, Bernie Kosar joining me at 9-10 was a great quarterback for the Browns. Curtis Sliwa will be here at 9-32. Rookie, of course, is with Juice Reel. And uh, as most of our listeners know by now, it's a sports betting tool you simply need to have on your phone if you want to consistently be a good better, not just because it's free. So, Ricky, before we get to these uh, two games tonight and the giant game on Thursday, what is your favorite part of Juice Reel? I got a couple favorite parts uh, of Juice Reel, but I'll talk about one right now. Uh, it's really just how Juice Reel helps you decide what to bet on. And, you know, it's not a tout service with, you know, some jabroni telling you what to pick. Uh, we show you mathematical trends. Um, you know, I went to University of Florida. I, uh, huge win against Tennessee on Saturday night. <laughs> huge win. And then we're good, getting five in that game. Yeah, good for the Gators yeah. on that one. But, but I, what I love about what we offer is, that it's it's a mathematical trend of things that you want to know. You know, if you look at a thousand people betting on a game, you'd love to know if you know the top two hundred are taking the Gators and the worst two hundred betters are taking Tennessee. You right. Know, I, I happen to make a killing this weekend. Uh, I, won't, I won't talk numbers. My mother's probably listening. <laughs> yeah. You had a good weekend. Yeah, I did. Have a, a lot good of guys uh, got hurt yesterday. College yeah. was okay on Saturday, but a lot of guys like the Giants minus the points. I didn't cover. 
the Jets getting almost 10 against Dallas. They didn't cover. Uh, there were some games that were uh, a little tough. Denver was a pick people loved yesterday. They lost at home to Washington. So, But you did well. That's good for you. Let's get to the two games tonight. The Saints in Carolina. New Orleans comes up an impressive week one victory. They beat uh, Tennessee. And uh, right now they are three-point favorites against the rookie Young and the Panthers in Carolina. What does Juiceville tell you? Uh, same way we picked the other games. Uh, sharp mush, difference between the sharp betters and the mush. It's leaning towards the Saints. Saints. Derek Carr made his debut, the former Raider, as an New Orleans Saint last week, and he played well in beating Tennessee. That second game tonight, the Browns, who beat the Bengals. The Bengals are winless. They lost again yesterday, too, to Baltimore. Browns 1-0 in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh took it on the chin at home against the Niners last week. Doesn't happen often. The Browns, a road favorite, laying two in Pittsburgh. What does Deuceville say? The game's got a sharp mush uh, strength of 24%, uh, leaning towards the Browns. Wow. Uh, but I would be watching that trend as uh, as, as uh, kickoff approaches. That's rare, though. Usually the home dog is uh, is what people like, including Juice Reel. And in this case, Juice Reel seems to like both road favorites tonight with New Orleans and uh, Cleveland. And the Giants get at it early on Thursday. You're back on Friday. Let's do the Giant game now. The Niners, very impressive. Blew out Pittsburgh. Easy win over the Rams yesterday. They're 2-0, and both wins on the road. Purdy looks healthy. McCaffrey looks great. Giants are a bad 1-1 one one football team. Giants and Niners coming up on Thursday. What does Juiceville tell you? Yeah, Niners look like the team to beat, but uh, early data aiming towards the Giants. Really? <laughs> yeah. Are they getting 100 points? <laughs> <laughs> might need 200. Juice real with the Giants. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, make sure you check it every day. Ricky Gold be back here on uh, Friday telling you at least so far, Saints minus in Carolina tonight, Cleveland minus in Pittsburgh tonight, and the Giants plus the points Thursday in San Francisco, Juice Real. That's G. That's a juice, like orange juice. J U I C E and real, like a movie reel. R E E L. As always, thank you, Ricky Gold. Thanks for having me on. Great to have you, Ricky Gold. We'll uh, take a short break, and don't forget, Bill O'Reilly going to be here twice this week, this morning and Thursday at eight forty. And former Miami and college Browns. Uh, of course, Dallas and Dolphin great quarterback Bernie Kosar. He'll be here at nine ten. And Curtis Sliwa makes his second appearance of the morning. He's got a he's got an opinion on the attorney working on our behalf in Floyd Bennett Field. He's coming up at nine thirty. Talk Radio seventy seven WABC. Sit in friends in the morning. Seventy seven WABC. And uh, Joker's to the right. I went to know him earlier on that um, Iran swap five Americans for five Iranians, and we loosen up $6 billion. And this creep Joe Biden, he's a creep. I don't care how demented he is. He's a lowlife. He makes that announcement the same day that he's making a 9-11 speech from Alaska. What garbage. There's another uh, story brewing today. In fact, I just saw Sean Hannity make a very rare appearance on a morning show on Fox News, 
And he's talking about uh, how Hunter Biden now, this kid's got a set of balls, but he has to do this, I guess. He's suing the IRS. Is that right, Norm? He, he is. He's alleging that these agents illegally released his tax information and that the IRS failed to protect his private records. So uh, he says these paperwork was unlawfully disclosed, his tax information. Um, they did not establish safeguards to protect his confidentiality of these records. And uh, here's the rub of the story. He's wants a thousand dollars for each unauthorized disclosure. And he wants attorney fees. And, you know, it was the end. And he's going after these two whistleblowers who he says were the ones that turned over his tax returns. So he's looking for a payday, and he thinks he has a good shot at getting it. He filed this paperwork this morning in Washington, D.C. i got to tell you, he's my hero. I'm sorry. He's my hero. He don't care. Hanging hookers, smoking crack. I'll you sue me. I'll sue you. I don't care. What a life. What a guy. Hey, uh, he is the best. He was the best. He still is the best. He'll always be the best. Whether it's 9 p.m. weeknights here on WABC or his own website, BillOReilly.com, nobody does it like Bill. Great interviews, great columns, great TV show. His killing series, and it was Killing the Witches, is uh, the best in the business. In fact, my friend Eric Ulrich walked into court the other day, or at least the station, carrying a copy of Killing Jesus. Folks, he's the best of all time, and uh, I'm really happy that he's now going to be on not once but twice this week, Thursday morning at 8.40, and right now at 8.40, my man Bill O'Reilly. Good morning, Bill. Lots to tell you. Um, number one, Killing the Witches comes out a week from tomorrow. I know that uh, because it comes out September 26th because the very next day, September 27th, is my beautiful wife Danielle's birthday. Well, is, I wouldn't give her this book for her birthday present. That might get you in trouble. Uh, but uh, believe me when I tell you that uh, it's a good Halloween book. It's kind of scary, but you'll learn a lot. Secondly, you uh, used a uh, Steely Dance song called Old School earlier in the pro- uh, program. Yes. You know what school uh, he's talking about there? I don't know, no. Goes to the Wolverine to Annandale. Okay, that's Bard College up on the Hudson River where he got tossed out. It's a hippie school, still is to this day. Big Soros money in the school, beautiful campus. But he's talking about a New York school, B-A-R-D, Bard. And at the end of this, give me uh, three minutes and I'll tell you why the Jets lost yesterday. Nobody's really hit it. Um, But, you know, I'm a football aficionado, so I saw it pretty clear. Well, I love when you talk sports on this show, and uh, you have been talking football on this show for quite some time. I mean, I remember dating back years ago to some rookie quarterbacks, uh, the speed at which he delivered the football. Oh, you're talking about Eli, actually, and you were on the money, so we will do that, absolutely. But let's get to uh, some of the news stories. Uh, I looked outside my window moments ago, and, of course, you know where we are, 49th and 3rd, walking distance from the U.N., and it is a mess. There's a million cops, a million cars. And I know the yeah. president is here. He'll speak tomorrow. But And I ask this question, Bill, every year, and so do my late great partner, Bernard McGurk, as we stare out these beautiful windows on 3rd Avenue. What is this week for? What What is it? It's basically um, they have these conferences all through the summer where people go, rich people go to Sun Valley, Idaho, they go to some place in the woods in California. <laughs> it's kind of like they all meet and they have a secret handshake. 
And, uh, you know, countries in Africa with these guys, they, uh, all they want to do is stay in America and, and run up a big tab. Um, it's just a social. Remember that word? Oh, we're going to have a social. That's all it is. And some deals are made. I mean, some low-level deals are made uh, by the separate countries. Zelensky's going to come in and try to get more money. Um, that's number one. Well, stop, let, me, was, let me stop you right there, because I've had this ongoing argument with Peter King for quite some time, that I thought the money should have stopped a long time ago. I know you disagree with me, too, but you can't sell me that Putin, who can't even win this war, is taking over the world. That is ridiculous. He just can't. I know he's got the weaponry, but if he doesn't use it, he can't win a battle in his own backyard. Are you for giving Ukraine more money? It's not so much about um, fighting with Putin. What Putin wants to do is undermine the governments that are in Eastern and Central Europe. And uh, without any sanctions, he run wild. So a country like Poland is associated with NATO. If, if Putin goes in and starts shooting, then we have a world war. But it's more about Putin causing an enormous amount of trouble. But the reason that we're funding this war is not defense, it's offense, to use a, a football cliche. We want him out. And, and the deeper he gets in and the worse it is for him in Ukraine, the weaker he becomes as a leader inside Russia. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. If this is about offense, this is about the worst. This is the worst offensive coordinator I've ever seen because we have enough weaponry and money to end this war in a day, and it's going on for 20 months, Bill. No, but you don't want to get in a shooting war with Russia. I mean, you know, this guy is a totalitarian. He can do whatever he wants over there right now. But his position has been downgraded in the last 18 months. He is not nearly as powerful as he used to be. Correct. And then the real reason we're there is China. So if China sees that Putin gets away with the invasion of Ukraine, they will invade okay. Taiwan. Throwing the whole world into chaos. Well, that's another, right, you're right. There's, there's two ways World War Three starts. If Russia goes into Poland and if China goes into Taiwan, that's also World War Three. But I'll ask you this, and I know this is a conspiracy theorist. I'm not saying I believe this or not. I'm just I'm throwing it out there. Uh, any reason to believe that also part of the reason why Zelensky gets anything he wants is because this president is compromised because Burisma and the Ukraine paid his family a lot of money. No, because everybody knows that now. Um, it's not like a big secret. Uh, everyone knows that Biden uh, was engaged in influence peddling. What do you mean everybody? You, you mean Republicans know that? Not The Democrats haven't no, accepted no, every, that. Look, shit, everybody knows. If you don't admit it, you don't want to know. Anybody, any clear-thinking person knows Joe Biden used his position as vice president to enrich his family, period. There's no two sides to the story. And if you deny that, you don't want to know. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> now, listen, I agree Then, then he's going to be impeached, right? I mean, if they know it, if it's... Well, it, I don't know about uh, that yet. Oh, okay. There's still, uh-huh. there's still a threat away. Right. Two things. Number one, Hunter Biden is suing the IRS as a political ploy. That's what he's doing. So he's giving the Democrats um, basically something to go on the offense with. We're back to football. It's not going to last. He's never going to sit for a deposition ever, Hunter Biden. (laughs) So all of this is is a headline. Oh, uh, 
Look, they picked on me. Well, maybe they picked on you, pal, because you dodged $1.5 million in taxes. <laughs> right. Right? Maybe that's yeah. why. Which you've already admitted doing. Yeah. This will be thrown out in two seconds. Yeah. But it's a ploy. It's a ploy. This is how the game works. And the other thing is the most important thing I'm going to tell you and WABC listeners this morning. All of this Biden stuff could end today. If Joe Biden says, hey, I didn't take a dime, and here are all my banking records going back to the Civil War. And Joe opened an account at the end of the Civil War, as people know. Um, (laughs) And here they are. Here they are. And you're free to look at all my banking accounts from the time that I got into government until now. I'm a simple man. All That's all he has to do. Instead... He has now set up a war room in the White House, which taxpayers are funding, to fight all of the attempts to get his financial records. Does that sound like an innocent man to you? No, and I'll tell you something else, which makes him look even worse. If you believe these reports, and I believe you do because no one, and I'll include Trump, no one has been more at the forefront exposing this media than you have. I'm giving you credit here. For many, many years, and the reports are that the White House has reached out to a lot of media, a lot, and said, hey, if they start bringing up this impeachment inquiry, you say what a bunch of nonsense it is. So not only a war room with that, but seemingly controlling the media on this story from the White House. Do you buy that? Yes. I mean, because they had their partners, the corporate media and Joe Biden are partners to get Joe Biden reelected. So it's my message of the day on BillOReilly.com, which is absolutely free for anybody to go read. If you really want to stay ahead of not only this story, but the news, you should make it, you know, a habit to go to BillOReilly.com, not waste your time on a lot of this other stuff, which is getting nowhere. Agreed. But my message today is essentially Biden sends out this unbelievably inappropriate memo to the media saying, hey, when they start getting close to me, you guys should mobilize (laughs) and tell your readers and listeners that they're lying. So what happens over the weekend? The Chicago Sun-Times, a paper that cheerleaded murder in the poor districts of Chicago, supported all of the progressives who have allowed that Holocaust to happen in Chicago. That's the Chicago Sun-Times. They come out and they say, hey, uh, there's no evidence against Joe Biden, which is not true. It is five pages of evidence, circumstantial evidence, that he enriched his family, okay? And then the L.A. Times runs a column going, oh, we really should leave Joe alone because he's done such a great job. (laughs) A great job? All right, L.A. Times is 100 miles from the open border. Okay, he's done a great job. Real wages are down for every working person in this country substantially. A great job? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're paying, what is it, gas is four bucks a gallon now? You know, I had this uh, conversation. There's an actor. His name is Michael Rappaport. But he's a very famous guy, very famous guy. And he splits his time between New York and L.A. And we've been friends for years. He's a moron, but we've been friends. And um, he sent me a picture when Rudy Giuliani 
uh, got arrested of Rudy's mugshot because he knows I'm friendly with Rudy. He knows it, he knows it would piss me off, and it did. I got pissed off. And I said, why would you send me that? And we wanted to have this conversation about Biden and Trump. He hates Trump, of course. And he said, why do you hate the Democrats so much? He said, you're thriving. And I said, oh, really? I said, you think I'm thriving because the show was number one? I make a third right now of what I should be making in this market. And, by the way, I have to wait for my next paycheck to pay my bills. Don't confuse my success and my ratings with thriving. But they have no idea. Joy Behar, Michael Rappaport, these people, because they are thriving, making millions, millions, think the rest of us are. And the truth is, including me, we're not. Well, it's all about everybody who works for a living knows their earning power is a lot less under Biden than it was against Trump. But again, it's what you want to believe. So Mr. Rappaport is a very fervent progressive. And under the Constitution, is a perfect right to be that. But no matter how much evidence you present to him and others of his ilk, all right, they're not going to accept it because they don't want to. And so you've got to understand who you're talking to, who you're subscribing with, um, you know, because we're not living in an age where people are looking for the truth any longer. They're not looking for the truth. They're looking to have their emotional components whether it be political, social, sports, whatever, bolstered. That's what these people are looking for. It's like comfort food. They're not looking for the truth. I I understand that, but I tell you, if they were living maybe in La Crosse, Wisconsin, if they were living, I don't know, somewhere in the middle of the country, Michael Rappaport lives on the Upper East Side, and he's complained to me that the CBS, everything is locked up and there are illegals walking around the community. Behar lives in New York City, too. How could anybody living in New York City, anybody, I don't care how well you're doing, they see what's going on, the illegals, the migrants, that comes from the border, that comes from Biden. How could they just excuse that? New Yorkers, how? Because Trump is worse. Yeah, that's what they say. It's as simple as that. Okay, we don't care how bad it is, but Trump's worse. Yeah, they say that. You're right. So we're going to continue to vote these people who are literally destroying not only New York, but San Francisco, Chicago, Los Angeles. Every major metro city that's run by progressives is being destroyed right before people's eyes, as you point out. I mean, I used to love to go to the city. I can't stand to go anymore. It takes me, I, I live 22 miles away from where you are right now on Long Island. And it takes me an hour and 40 minutes. I can get a pogo <laughs> and get in there. Today will be three hours and 40 minutes. And nobody is working to make it better. Everybody's, oh, no, it's his fault. No, it's his fault. No, 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 it's Trump. Trump did it. You know, it's like... Try to just problem solve a little bit. Forget it. Not in New York. Not in 2023. Fair enough. And uh, talking about problem solving in New York, there seems to be one. It's really in New Jersey. That's where they play their home games. But they are the New York Jets. And Aaron Rodgers got hurt. And here comes Zach Wilson. And uh, Joe Beningo, for example, the biggest Jet fan I know, he's always disaster, disaster. He shocked me last week. He came on. He said, we're still going to be great. we got a great defense. We can run the football. We're still going to win games. And I said, Joe, Dallas is going to stick it up your ass and beat you 28-3. to He said, when they do that, I'm coming on on Monday. Well, I was almost right. It was 30-10. to 
and Zach Wilson threw three interceptions in the loss. I promised you three minutes. You're going to tell me why the Jets lost. Outside the obvious, which is their quarterback is not going to win high school games, why did the Jets lose? Okay. I've been a Jets fan since uh, they were the New York Titans. Oh, my God. Back in the polar grounds. <laughs> I used to uh, ride my bicycle over to Hofstra where they trained when Joe Namath was the quarterback yeah. and have a catch with Babe Perilli, the backup quarterback. Yes. Yeah. Okay who nobody would have a catch with <laughs> a 12-year-old kid. Right. And I could actually throw the ball farther than Babe. <laughs> okay. So I know the Jets. So yesterday the Jets played Dallas very tough the first half. The Dallas is a better team. They have a better defensive line. They have a better offensive line. Okay. They're better than the Jets. They're bigger and they're faster. And the Jets were in the game at halftime. Okay. So. Why did they collapse in the second half? Because the Jets made no attempt to run the football, even though they have two good backs at all. And the Jet defense, because they were on the field so long, wore down. Yep. It was a very warm day in that stadium. Yep. Okay? You can't keep your defense. These guys are 300 pounds on the line on the field for 40 out of 60 minutes. They are not going to have the energy to stop a good team. But the, the key on that was Sauce dropping what was an easy interception. He did. Once he did that, I said the game is over. Yep. That'll deflate the whole defense, which is keeping them in the game. Now, why would you not run your guys to try to control the ball all right, with Brees and Cook, all right, why would you not mix it up to try to stay the offense on the field and give your defense a rest? That is the key question that these sports writers, they don't know. I mean, look, I heard your clip with Beningo. It's all emotion with him. It's like we're talking politics. (laughs) All right, if you look at the game and you step back and you look um, objectively at the game, that was the mistake that the coaching system wouldn't balance the offense and the defense was on the field far too long. It's not the quarterback's fault. He's never going to be a great quarterback, all right? If, if people think he's going to be a great quarterback, he is not. He's too small. He doesn't really have a command of, of the field. He can't see the whole field. That's a gift, all right? Not something you can learn like hitting a baseball you can't learn to hit a baseball you can either hit it or you can it's coming into you at 97 miles an hour all right so wilson is serviceable he's like the guy in san francisco darnold all right who they're going to play next thursday i I think the jets will keep it close next thursday i wouldn't bet on the niners because they think they'll be 10 and i wouldn't make i wouldn't take that bet but the jet coaching staff was very, very poor yesterday. And it doesn't bode well for Robert Sala. That's fair. That's a very, very fair criticism. Very, very fair. By the way, it's the Giants who play the Niners on Thursday. The Jets have the Patriots oh, coming up the on Jets Sunday. Are with right. another trouble team, New England. Right. It hasn't won a game yet. That's right. 0 right. 2. I, yeah. I think Belichick's going to blow up blood death. <laughs> But you, you brought up an interesting point. You said Beningo emotion, uh, talking about, and, and people often say to me, we got about 60 seconds, Bill, they go, 
how difficult or how easy was it for you to transition from sports to politics? And I said, it's easy. All you got to do is replace Jets with Trump. It's the same thing. Is it not? Yeah, it's very competitive, two very competitive situations. But in order to be a winner, you really have to be honest and look at the field, all right, and then try to problem solve, try to make it better, both on your team and in the country. I want to remind everybody, you know, it's interesting, in, in the Paramount Theater in Huntington, they carved out these seats, which I think are four feet away from you and me on the stage. Wow. And they put them up for sale because I'm my production company's running this show, a New York State of Mind, on October 27th, Friday night, to kick off Halloween weekend. No better thing to do than watch O'Reilly and Rosenberg on live. I mean, that's going to scare the hell out of everybody. <laughs> um, but anyway, if you really want to be up close and see us, go to the Paramount Theater, Huntington, or uh, Ticketmaster, BillOReilly.com. There's only a few of these seats, by the way. But they, they put them out there and went, well, these are interesting. Um, so anyway, we're looking forward to that show. It's going to be a great, funny show. We're going to talk about a lot of things, a lot of personal things. That's why we're calling it a New York state of mind. And I hope everybody will consider it. I can't wait to go. I really can't. And I can't thank you enough for doing this with me twice this week. I mean, as if Thursday's not enough. Now I'm going to get big ratings twice this week. I love you, Bill. You're the absolute best always. Thank you so much. All right, Sid. Appreciate you having me. Uh, come on. You were great. Bill O'Reilly, folks. 9 p.m. weeknights on WABC. BillOReilly.com. And if you haven't yet, go buy those tickets. October 27th, New York State of Mind, Paramount Theater, Huntington, Long Island. So when you go to Dallas on Sunday and they stick it up your ass like 28-3, then what are you going to say on Monday morning? Well, we'll see. Let's see it happen. Well, if it happens, then we'll, then we'll, but if it happens and Zach Wilson, and Zach Wilson goes five in the seconds, God damn it, then what are you going to say? It's going to happen. Write it down now. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. game on Sunday against Dallas, call me again, and we'll talk about how they stuck it up our ass, all right? Make sure you do that. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Hey. <laughs> Three, four! Three, four! Three, four! Three, four! It's a good song, but how is this a Cleveland song, Lois? Well, you didn't even... I didn't figure it out. You don't know the show? No. Okay. Oh, energy calling me. Back where it comes from. Love that song. I bet Justin knows what it is. Who is it? It's Cleveland Rocks. Cleveland Rocks. Yeah, I knew that one. You're a genius. I think you're the smartest man ever. I do. I think you're the smartest man ever. Write that down. Cleveland Rocks. Who would know this? I don't think Bernie knows this song. Cozart. We've had a great show already today. Cleveland Rocks. Wow. 
Curtis Sliwar, Rich Lowry, Joanne Ariola, Mike Councilwoman, as we continue the fight to keep the illegals out of Floyd Bennett Field. And moments ago, Bill O'Reilly. Joe Beningo can't stop by today, maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. But uh, we do have some time here for one of the great quarterbacks. He led the Miami Hurricanes to a 1983 NCAA championship, beating Nebraska, one of the great college games ever, 31-30. Went on to become an unbelievable quarterback for the Cleveland Browns. Should have played multiple Super Bowls, if not for the late Marty Schottenheimer, God rest his soul, and Ernest Beiner, who would have beaten Elway every time. Also won a Super Bowl ring as Aikman's back up in Dallas, backed up Dan Marino in Miami. And is now doing some really terrific stuff for players and other people who have suffered uh, dramatic, uh, life-changing brain injuries. One of my dearest friends, the great Bernie Kozar. Bernie, good morning, bud. How are you? Good morning. What an awesome introduction that is. <laughs> um, don't know where to start with that, but that Cleveland rocks. It's sac- it's sacrilegious here in Cleveland. If you don't know that. Uh, Really? I don't know that song, especially on a Brown Steelers Monday night game. Uh, that's yeah. a huge game. I, I know that's uh, that's a huge game. And going back to your days, and um, you know, obviously, uh, Vinny, you know, Vinny had an issue. He thought Dion Figures was on the Browns. <laughs> Vinny Testaverde, but uh, yeah, 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 colorblind. But I know this: uh, the Browns and the Steelers. The people really get into this one. In fact, I saw you speaking at some breakfast, Bernie, in front yeah. of Steeler fans. You actually gave the Steelers a little bit of credit for a couple of seconds and then turned on that, didn't you? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm into this new healing and spirituality in the late third quarter, early fourth quarter of my life. And, you know, Sid, I love how what we've, um, the forum you've given me to talk about some of the injuries and wellness issues that I go through and some of the things that some of us ex-athletes go through and how we could cognitively be here and be present and be on the show at nine ten this morning and be festive and fired up and trying to help and heal people, have a positive, great day and an amazing week. But it always wasn't that way. And when we used to play the Browns and Steelers, my mindset was completely different on game day. So a lot of people used to come up to me and say, hey, you got to hate me because you're a Steelers fan. And maybe a lot of Jets fans aren't liking me from my Dallas roots today, the way the Cowboys have treated the the two New York teams and the first week of the season with a a combined 70 to 10 score. So I want want to stay positive there the way the great G-men and uh, awesome Brian Dable responded coming back oh, in come on, that greatest stink. second half comeback yesterday. Uh, so what? So what? 28-7, yes. Well, yes. So I what? Love... Arizona's a terrible team, and the fact they even had to do that shows you the Giants aren't very good. You also played for Miami, and Jet fans hate Miami, and they're 2-0. and uh, They won again. They beat the Patriots last night on the road. So if Tua stays healthy, Bill Sims thinks the Dolphins are going to the Super Bowl. We'll see. But I want to go back. You know, I, I got you to got... work with, with Brian Dable in, in with Eric Mangini in Cleveland, and I also got to work with Mike McDaniel yep. here in Cleveland when he was with Kyle Shanahan. What Mike McDaniel is doing with the Dolphins is super special with Tua. And again, I know the G-men should have put those the the Cardinals away earlier, but with, with Coach Dable and Daniel Brown did coming back with scoring on all five possessions in the second half to not let the season get to zero and two. 
having to go to the 49ers, which I we anybody having to play the 49ers now is a tough situation. <laughs> no, that's a loss. That's a loss. They're one and two going into week four, so we'll see. You're right. They salvaged maybe some of the season because they would have started 0-3 for sure. And Daniel Jones had a big second half. But, again, Arizona is so bad. I'm a die- You know I'm a big giant than I am. I can't get excited. But I, this Browns team interests me, your team here. You know, Deshaun Watson, uh, he's not a good guy. He's a scumbag. You may like him because he's your Browns quarterback. He's a scumbag. But he got like a billion dollars. He like did horrible things to a bunch of women and got away with it because he's an NFL quarterback. But he's a decent player. <laughs> the Browns have a really, really aggressive defense. And that was no fluke beating the 0-2 Bengals last week. I like them on the road in Pittsburgh tonight. If the Browns start the season 2-0, and they may have a ticket tape parade in Cleveland, no? <laughs> Well, I'm going to take the lighter side of the first half of your equation on our, our QB and stuff and and kind of chuckle about how you said the Browns are a, a couple-point favorite tonight. Um, not to be an egotist, but as a historian of football, the last time the Cleveland Browns were a favorite at the Steelers was way back in 1989 when the old man on the phone was the quarterback. So... <laughs> Who was that the quarterback? Was the great... Who was the quarterback for the Steelers back then? Was it like O'Donnell or somebody or Cordell? I don't know. I, don't I think, think that was Bubby. That was Bubby oh, Bubby Briston. Also a Jet. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So wow. that was, uh, and I love Bubby. So to to have um, had that outcome, fifty-one nothing, wouldn't be that Ooh. bad. Ooh. And it was fifty-one nothing. Fifty-one nothing. Who had, uh, besides a, you? What now? Was that uh, you? Still had uh, Biner and Mack getting a thousand apiece. Who else had a big night that night? So that was a big, uh, big defensive night. Um, um, Ozzy Newsom was still on the oh, team. So Kev, Kev, it was, that was um, that was the Bud Carson's first uh, first game, first mm. year as, mm. as the Browns Browns coach. And you um, you said something just interesting too that the Browns have a chance to go two and zero. That's actually that was they have a chance to go two and zero for the first time since 1993. Um, so this is partly why I'm available to talk to you today because. <laughs> I was able to, <laughs> the last time I told that story, I told that to, before the Browns game last year when we had a chance to go 2-0. and It was against the New York Jets. It was alumni weekend, and we had about a half dozen of us around, and our owner, Mr. Haslam, came up and he said, hey, the Browns, we haven't been 2-0 and in forever. And I go, sir, um, you didn't own the team then, but the forever was 1993, and <laughs> when, when we were the quarterback. But we we ended up blowing the game against the Jets that night. So hey, we have a chance tonight to go two and zero. And the way the Steelers looked in Week One, Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin though, isn't going to let his team fall flat at mm. home. So I don't know if it's I don't, I don't know if he could help it. I mean, I know I like the kid Pickett out of Pittsburgh, but that is not a very good Steeler team. I do want to go to Miami for a second. One of my dearest friends, Joseph Tacopina, forty-six years, happens to be if recognize the name. He is probably the most famous and most prominent of all of Donald Trump's attorneys, representing uh, President Trump in two of his five cases. And he's a big Miami fan. In fact, he went to the Miami win over Texas A&M with Alex Rodriguez, believe it or not, two weeks ago. And he's all pumped up that the Hurricanes are 3-0. and And now you guys got a winnable game against Temple coming up on Saturday. So the Browns may be 2-0. and The Hurricanes may be 4-0. and That's a double orgasm for Bernie Kosar, yes? 
Absolutely. 40, and at that game, I'm a little disappointed. He didn't call me in A-Rod. I was a little busy. That was the 40th anniversary of the University of Miami's national championship when we uh, we beat Texas A&M uh, two weeks ago. So that was pretty fun. I'm going to have to mess with A-Rod for not checking, out, <laughs> checking me a phone call there. Um, Are you still – all these great Miami Hurricane alumni, Michael Irvin and, and all these guys, and, and you started it all. You won that first championship, beat Nebraska in 1983, uh, Howard Schnellenberger. I mean, people go crazy about Jamar Chase in Cincinnati. You had Eddie George – I mean, Eddie George, Eddie Brown, excuse me. Eddie Brown. And Eddie Brown was as good as any Bengal wide receiver in the history of that team. I don't care if you're talking about Chris Collinsworth, Isaac Curtis. I don't care. So do you still get, when I was down there, you were still the man. Is that still the case? Well, thank you. Thank you for um, saying it like that. I, I get goosebumps thinking of, I'm so proud to be from Northeastern Ohio, being a Cleveland Brown, foundationally, the University of Miami and those hurricane teams and what they taught me and what resonates within me. And absolutely still cool to be down there and um, to have celebrated that 40th national championship yeah. with, and God bless Howard Snellenberger not being there, but with the Eddie Browns. And you're right, that team was so good that the great Michael Irvin didn't even play that He didn't year. even play. I know. Yeah. Brian, Brian Blades was there. Uh, Brett Perriman. Um, you know, Jerome Brown was on that team. God bless his soul. I mean, yeah. so so many of our, so many of those guys that, and those teams that that really were iconically changed. And to and to see Jimmy Johnson and to see the uh, the 30th year anniversary of the Dallas Cowboys national uh, of the Super Bowl. Yeah. And to see yeah, to be the only quarterback to have been with Jimmy in University of Miami. Um, the Cowboys, and then the Dolphins. And he even admits how he foundationally changed as a person and the coach he is from those great teams that he was a part oh, of. No, those teams were crazy. Come on, you know, you, you had the other wide receiver besides Eddie was Stanley Shakespeare. He's gone too, but he was a great player. And, and your tight end, you know, uh, you always talk about shocking. Glenn Dennison. Yeah, Glenn, Glenn Dennison, Dennison was great. He was great, great, and great he, player. He told a story two weeks ago about the New York Jets. Yeah. Back in those days, you had to get – Three years and three games to get your NFL pension. At three years and two games, he was 19 hours away from vesting for his pension, and the Jets released him. Bastards. So, well, I hate the Jets. So we hate the Jets. So we glad Dallas won yesterday. Uh, in the final 60 seconds, Bernie, on a political note, being this is a political station, are you still uh, having sex with John Kasich in Ohio? Um, thank you. Thank you very much. At, at this age, at this age, is no, what, it bad to say any sex? No, what, 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 he was your boy, right? You guys are pretty close, right? You and Kasich? Um, you know, politically, politically, I, I wasn't as active, active with him in that. Right now, with right now, from the political side, our, our governor, DeWine, um, is on the Republican side of it. And he's one of the Republican sides of it that's, uh, you know, trying to balance balance uh, things between the Trump the Trump situation and what's going on with with the environmental stuff. Yeah, yeah, I know it's a big week for that too. It's Climate Week here in New York City. Well, Bernie, I love you. Yeah, Great to catch up. Hey, I know, I know you're breaking out there as it's Climate Week, and as you try to decide between um, that part of it, you guys will be getting rain this afternoon. Coming from Cleveland, we had it 
we had it over the weekend. And when it comes down, I hope it's not the bloom from the vinyl chloride <laughs> from the East Palestine train or from all the damn steel mills and stuff that's been dumping dumping in our water here. Hey, listen, by the way, East Palestine, the only person to show up there for the longest time was Trump, way before uh, that idiot Pete Buttigieg came or even Biden. So, But I love you, Bernie yeah. Kosar. Good luck tonight love against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Stay, stay healthy. You matter. You you matter, too. The great Bernie Kosar. I love that. You matter. He sent me a, a video of him speaking uh, to these uh, Steeler fans at a lunch, and he said, you matter. Okay, eight uh, 927. We're going to talk to Curtis Sleevo coming up, but we do this uh, every Monday morning. NJ Diet, of course. They contractually guarantee you'll lose 20 to 40-plus pounds in just uh, 40 days. 855-5NJ-DIET or NJDiet.com. Wrapping up a sports weekend with Arthur Turovitz. Dr. T, how are you, pal? Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm doing quite, quite an interview. Uh, Bernie's up, one of the greats. Uh, I grew up a huge. Uh, I grew up a huge John Elway and Broncos fan. So I used to love it when uh, they uh, the, the co-star probably sees those guys in his, in his, in his dreams every single night. Well, listen, he, he outplayed our way a bunch of those games, but Ernest Biner fumbled at the one yard line one game that killed him, and Marty Schottenheimer got very conservative yeah. in the fourth quarter of another game. But Kozar was right there, toe to toe with Elway, every one of those games, all of them. Oh, I don't disagree. I'm just saying those couple of games were just absolutely horrible. Oh, brutal. Broncos were able two games that the Broncos should not have won, and they wound up winning, and then wound up uh, exactly getting destroyed in the Super Bowl. Anyway, yep. So how was your weekend? Did you see? Did you have? Uh, did you have anything on the 49ers and the Rams game? The backdoor strange field goal cover. That had no, it, it no wasn't. It, no, 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 no. That's not true. It wasn't a strange. I, I knew people were going to say that. It was a ten-point uh, game. It was a ten-point game. You need a touchdown and a field goal. So you kick the field goal with the hopes there's still one second on the clock, and you get the onside kick. I knew they were going to do that. There wasn't. If they were down by eleven and kicked the field goal to cover, that would be one thing. But they needed a touchdown and a field goal. They're at the thirty-six yard line. You got to kick the field goal in that case. That wasn't. I know. What was, I, it, what, what was it? Fourth, fourth and what? What was the? What it was, was like the, fourth. And, uh, it was like fourth and six at the thirty something. They got to kick the field goal there. I know that you probably you populate you populate the nine or the nine and a half when you're pissed off. But that was the right. The Rams made the right football move there, regardless of the better. Just so you know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not really sure. How the uh, the Eagles looked. Uh, the Eagles looked pretty good Thursday night. They kind of coming out of it a little bit. Good running game. Yeah, I mean, they, I you know, they, they had a good, good game. I mean, the Vikings are not a very good team, and now they're going to play a 2-0 Buccaneer team next Monday night, Yom Kippur. They're also not good. They're 2-0 under Baker Mayfield, but has not been a difficult start for the Eagles schedule-wise. They should be 3-0 and by next Tuesday, yes. They they should be, absolutely. Cowboys, like we said last week, look really look really scary. And Josh Allen, he looked uh, back to back to playing like Josh Allen can. He absolutely uh, Played phenomenal yesterday. Lots of uh, great throws and so forth. No, he did. You're right. Uh, as always, thank you, Dr. T. The wrap-up of the NFL weekend. Uh, the Cowboys do it. look great, outscoring the Jets and the Giants 70-10. to 10. And your point on Josh Allen, the Bills came back in a disappointing overtime loss at the Jets on Monday and destroyed Jimmy Garoppolo and the Raiders yesterday. And Josh Allen did look great. All right, we'll take a, a short break. When we get back, Joanne Ariola, my councilwoman from my neighborhood, trying to stop the illegals from getting at the Floyd Bennett Field, was on earlier. She was great, and she mentioned the attorney in court today representing my neighborhood, and of course, Curtis Sliwa, not happy. <laughs> Shocker. So we'll bring her back for a second time. You're about to find out why Curtis coming back on Sid and Friends. Six with the 
Talk Radio 77 WABC. Oy. This is Sit and Friends in the Morning. Friends, Some kind of way out of here. Say the joker to the thief. There's too much confusion. I can't get no relief. Businessman there to drink my wine. Come and dig my earth. None will let Heavenly, heavenly birthday to the great Jimi Hendrix, who died 53 years ago today. This date, back in 1970, not long after his amazing performance, One Mile from My Mother's House at Woodstock. Jimi Hendrix, happy heavenly birthday. My next conversation is brought to you by my dear friend Pete Morgan, who I believe is coming back from Greece finally today, if he's not back already. Pete, uh, Pete, of course, is a Mr. Peerless Boilers. Check them out today, peerlessboilers.com, paviliontankless.com. They do build the world's best boilers. It's been a phenomenal show today. It really has. Curtis, Rich Lowry, Joanne Ariola, Bill O'Reilly, Bernie Kosar. But I want to go back to a conversation I had with Joanne, my councilwoman, about how today they're going to court. Joanne is trying to keep the illegals out of Floyd Bennett Field. You know the history, what she said, Curtis, her. Now she is seemingly coming around. She's been uh, calling me, which is very good. Been on this show twice, even called out the mayor today. But I did ask her who our lawyer was because Curtis has made it very clear to me the last couple of days it's very important to get a good lawyer. He doesn't care if it's Bruce Cutler, who, of course, uh, was there for John Gotti. He doesn't care if it's Joe Murray. And Joe Murray's involved with somebody who doesn't like Curtis very much. He doesn't care. His contention is we need to get the best lawyers. So I asked Joanne Ariola this morning who the lawyer was, and to say that Curtis Sliwa was unimpressed may be an understatement. Curtis, take it away. I was stunned. First off, John Chiampoli is an election lawyer for Republicans. She did say election lawyer. She did say that. Right. And everybody has their lane. This is not an election issue. Johnny Tobacco said the same thing he agrees with. Right. And, and he's been at the forefront on doing a great job on Staten Island, John. Exactly. And John Chiampoli is a hitman for the Republican Party. He knocked John Tobacco off the ballot when he was running on my ticket to be controller for the city. That's so ironic. I just mentioned JT and boom, he knocked Tobacco off the... I didn't know well, that. Well, he actually represented John Tobacco and he had to do a cover sheet. John Tobacco got 17,000 signatures. I got 15,000. John got more than me. This is in the middle of COVID, right? The lockdown pandemic. You only need about 8,000 to qualify. John Ciampoli not only messed up John Tobacco's cover sheet the first time, but admitted in court he did it the second time. He said, I messed up. It's all on me. Poor John Tobacco couldn't run because of that. (laughs) And then... Vicky Palladino, who wins a Republican primary in 2021 against uh, against Joanne Areola's candidate, John Sakalos, who hasn't been seen since, they go into court. John Ciampoli, on behalf of Areola, the Queens County chairwoman, and sue Vicky Palladino. Oh, you can't sue Vicky. 
Yes, oh. they did. It's all fact. Now, oh. he's a hitman for the Republican Party when it comes to election law. He knows nothing else about other laws. So I, I'm telling you, I was texting you over the weekend, even though I know you were putting breadcrumbs uh, in the Atlantic Ocean there, trying to trying to convince Hashem you should be written into the Book of Life, not the Book of Death, <laughs> by uh, Yom Kippur, you know, the Day of Atonement. Uh, but we got to get a big gun. I even said to my wife, Nancy, can you handle this? Because she's good. She goes, Curtis, I can do the research. I do the research as well as anyone. You got to get a big gun in it. You got to go to federal court. You can't be playing around. I mean, look in Staten Island. They have Lou Geralomino and Mark Fonte. They won yeah. every case yeah. against the city on behalf of Vito Fasella and John Tobacco. Remember Max Public House? They won that case. Uh, they're, they're right now waiting the final decision of Judge Ozzy on uh, the uh, uh, the location now in which there are the protests of the grandmothers and uh, the mothers, uh, St. John Vila. Yeah. But Staten Island, yeah. Right. I think we got Joe Murray. Look, Joe, whatever I said in the past, you represented some really bad hombres that wanted to put me six feet under in a uh, cardboard box. All is forgiven, all is forgotten. Well, this says a lot about what the type of man you are, how much you care about my people. When I say my people, not the Jews, I mean the people in Brooklyn and Queens, that you're actually uh, asking for Joe Murray's help, yes. knowing full well that um, he represented a man that did, in fact, try to kill you. Yes, uh, I forgive him uh, for that. He's a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. You know what I really feel, but I'll <laughs> suck it up because we need a big gun. And, he's, and Joe Murray is a great attorney. And look, I, I love him. He's a great guy. Look, him and I, you know, him and his girlfriend Jody, me and Danielle, we go out together. We're very, very friendly. In fact, after the rally on Thursday, he was there and uh, dinner at La Sorrentina afterwards with Lou. He was a very quick to compliment you. Look, Chris. I'll come out to the Rockaways. I'll sit with you and Joe Murray. I'll just have my lead guy, Arnold, check the bathroom first before <laughs> I get there. <laughs> so that his client doesn't finish the job that he started Wait. shooting me five times with hollow boy bullets. Is that the Chinese guy? Uh, no, no, that's Arnold Salinas. That's the Puerto Ricano, the Borico oh, who's who, been with who me. Who's this Chinese guy that keeps showing Oh, that's K.G. Oda. Who is that You do guy? not want to mess with K.G. He's Oda. like, he reminds me of those movies, uh, the Inspector Clouseau movies, when he walked into the apartment and the guy just started doing karate and beat the hell out exactly, of him. Exactly, exactly. That's K.G. Oda, man. I, I got some real veterans. I just need to check the bathroom first, if you don't mind. I trust you guys implicitly, okay. but just a quick no, checkup. No, no, you no. never know. You never know. Listen, I actually spend my days and nights, you know this, defending you. You become my guy. So yes. you, uh, you're safe Look, with me. So let me say this about John Ciampoli and what uh, Ariola and Assemblywoman Jamie Williams are doing. I wish them a lot of luck. I hope they win because then we all win. But let's hedge our bet here. Let's get the big gun. This is a we need the guns in Navarone. My wife will do the research. You know, there's nobody better. Nobody. But you got to have somebody when they walk in that court. The judge looks and they say, "Whoa, this is like big stuff here." Right. You know, this is like a guy who the federal court system respects implicitly, and everybody knows Joe is respected by all, and he's got the cred. And he lives there in Rockway. This is correct. Got to be personal for Joe oh, and the people very, in Brooklyn. Very. So I, I will fall on the sword. Okay. I, I will actually let him talk about the guy who tried to kill me. He'll probably talk about, oh, he's, he's really a nice guy. You know, he grew well, up in Canarsie just like you, can, Curtis. You know, if I remember correctly, and I wasn't there, but I got this firsthand from uh, Bernie, God rest his soul, that there was an event a couple of years ago 
dogs were involved somehow. Maybe that uh, idiot Levin was there. But uh, supposedly you and Gotti Jr., who were ordered to hit him and his father, supposedly you two guys were almost uh, lip-locked, almost in a make-out session. But this was is what it? happened. My wife, Nancy, was running for state attorney general on the uh, the party that I was the chairman of at that time, the Reform Party, on the animal rights issue. And John Gotti Jr. is a dog lover, and he came up to my wife at the Oyster Bay Festival. He goes, I love the work you do. I love the work that your husband does in protecting animals, and I'm going to support you for state attorney general. I, I shook his hand. Wow. You shook his hand. Yeah, because, look. If you could shake his well, hand, then Joe Murray's nothing compared to Gotti no, Jr. you're right. You're right. But <laughs> anybody that loves animals, because, you know, if, as Gandhi said, you know, as uh, Eric Adams likes to say, I'm Gandhi. Gandhi said, a society that does not take care of its animals does not take care of its people. And I look agree. at all the homeless people I, we I, have. I, so I agree. I will put everything aside. We all come together. May the best man, best woman win in court, but we need the guns in that room. Okay. That's, all that's Joe Murray. All right. So I just want to be able to check that bathroom before well, we have our sit It's funny down. you say that. I just got a text from John Mazzola. You know who he is? Yes. He owns La Sorrentina. He says, hey, this is John Mazzola. Uh, he is going to make sure the bathroom is clean. Tell Curtis, don't worry about well, it. Well, it's not cleanliness. I know it's clean there. He means clean of guns. I- I'm talking <laughs> about the 38 special that might be yeah. hidden there. Don't worry. You're safe there. In my, in my neighborhood, you're safe. Thank you, Curtis. We'll do this again tomorrow. I'll reach out to Joe Murray this afternoon, call you tonight. And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, Curtis has a big rally coming up. It's this Sunday at 2 p.m. at Manhattan College outside the Migrant Dorm. That's on 238th Street and Waldo Avenue in Riverdale. Make sure you will go out there and help out Curtis. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Sit in friends in the morning. 77 WABC. song, Lewis, on this uh, rainy Monday. I'm looking outside. Third Avenue's a mess. Oh, what they do to the city for these low lives. <laughs> it's a good excuse to get a nice, brisk walk in, you know? What's that? It's a nice excuse to walk home from work, you know, not have to take a taxi or a subway. I mean, for you. Well, I have to take a subway, but No, I know. For well, me, I can walk home. You can. No. Well, I'm glad you can walk home, and I can't wait to get the hell out of here. Yeah. But I don't have to worry about taking a car or, or a taxi. The subways aren't affected by this. No, they're not. And the ferry's not affected by this. No, they're not. So given the choice of walking home and living in this dreadful city or getting out of here without using a car, I would, I'll would i take the latter. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. I lived in the city for a long time, longer than you were alive, I think. Uh, yeah, that could... I mean, I, I lived in, uh, let me see, I lived in Chelsea, I lived in Midtown, I lived on the Upper West Side, I lived in Riverdale, I went back to, I lived in Fidei, I was back in Battery Park. I mean, give me, a, it's enough. Too much. Anybody who tells you living in the city is great is an idiot. <laughs> really? <laughs> I mean, it, it's convenient if you work in the city, if you work in the city and your job is close by, fantastic. But anyone who's got money and can live in a nice house... 
away from the duty and the peepee and the homeless and the crime and the traffic. boarded up stores and the traffic and the sirens. Yeah. Idiots. Yeah. Just no, be, yeah. I mean, no place like New York. This right. Is the no greatest place, right. city. Yeah. I've okay. lived here for years and years in <laughs> seven different locations. It's not a great place to live. Now, again, convenience, great. You don't feel like traveling. I get it. It's uh, nothing better than getting up in the morning and uh, taking a, a taxi 15 minutes to work. But the quality of life in the city is garbage. Look at it outside right now. It just it looks like on a rainy, cloudy day, it looks like Gotham. Like I expect the Joker and the Riddler to yes. pop out any second. It's, it's gross. No, gross. I go home and it's a nice smell. You're by the beach. It's raining. I can hear the pitter-patter on my roof. It's lovely. Here, it's now all the duty and the pee-pee on the street gets splattered. Ew. Ugh. Ew. You're going to have it. <laughs> Come back and close shop after this. <laughs> oh, my God. Mondays, I don't like Mondays. I want to shoot. The whole day down. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Oh, little Foxy. Foxy. Foxy! Jimi Hendrix. Happenly. Happenly. Happy heavenly birthday. He died 53 years ago today, my man. Jimmy. We done for today, folks. Hope you enjoyed today's program. Mondays are great. There are a lot of politics and a lot of football. I love that. Two games tonight, National Football League, Saints and Panthers, Browns and Steelers before the Giants go back at it Thursday against the Niners. The Jets will take on the winless Patriots on Sunday. We've done. Lou Rapino, tremendous job as always. Justin Ellick, nice to have you back. And, uh, of course, Noam Layden. We'll all be back, as my friend Gene would say, God willing, at 6 a.m. tomorrow. The day Ava goes back to college, I'm very upset. So, um, until then, from all of us, to all of you, peace! This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.